Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there's a form that you can get to down in the description of the stream right now where you can put in your question and we'll get it answered on the stream today. In addition to that, um, I also wanna let you know if you are watching this on the replay and you're just coming into this, the live stream is over, I do wanna let you know that we add chapters to this at the end so that you can skip through and find the parts that matter the most to you. So make sure that you do look in those chapters and see if there are any questions that you might have had as you're coming into the stream and you see other people have asked them and we're able to get those answered here on the stream today as well. We also have this available as a podcast where you can go to your favorite podcasting platform and you can also look for Nimmin Live there. And um, this should pop up over there as well if you are somebody that just wants to, you know, listen to it in your ear versus, you know, having it, uh, you know, coming through in the video format for the sake of, you know, saving mobile data or whatever the thing is. So with that out of the way, I do want to let everybody know that this stream today, I'm really excited um, for this today. I'm excited to, you know, get in here, answer your YouTube questions, hopefully help you solve some problems that you might have around your YouTube channel. So I'm really excited to, um, you know, have that conversation and answer some of these questions today and kind of demystify YouTube for you. And just as a reminder, you know, the form is down in the description of this live stream right now where you can get your question in there. So go ahead and get that answered or get, go ahead and get your question down on the forum and we'll get it answered right here on the stream today. Now, I also want to uh, let you know, of course, that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy helps you optimize your videos for discovery across the platform. TubeBuddy will help you A-B test your thumbnails or test your thumbnails against each other so that you can make sure that the thumbnails that you're using are the ones that are most effective for the people that you're trying to reach based on the data that TubeBuddy is going to give you back in terms of more people responded to this one on a homepage, more people responded to this one in suggested videos, more people responded uh, to this one in search. It just gives you all around insights on how your thumbnails are performing in different places per thumbnail, and that includes the watch time that you're generating per impression as well. So you can check out TubeBuddy.com because they have 90 different tools to help you with your channel. You can check out that out at TubeBuddy.com, or I've got a link down in the description, of course, to that as well. Or you can hook me up with an affiliate commission in addition to that by going to TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Now, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming tool that I use to stream this show every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use StreamYard is because it's super easy. So it's a web-based interface. I can bring graphics onto the screen. I can bring guests on. I can uh, I can play music in the background directly in here. I can switch between like all kinds of different graphics, you know, that I have loaded into here. I can play videos during the stream. I can bring multiple guests on if I want to. So, you know, one of the comments that I've gotten in the video yesterday um, that was talking about, you know, the YouTube features in my live stream that I did yesterday, one of the questions or one of the statements that a lot of people are making in the comments about the go live together feature that YouTube is rolling out for mobile users. Um, they're like, hey, you know, this is just like StreamYard and all that. It's not even close. So all that does is lets you bring on one guest and it's only a mobile experience where StreamYard has all of these other things that you can use it for. So you can try out StreamYard for yourself at StreamYard.com or of course, I have an affiliate link for that down in the description as well. So I hope everybody's had a fantastic week. Hope you are excited to learn today. Make sure um, if you haven't yet, um, if you are you know, just joining us for the first time, make sure that you do go ahead. Oh, my touchscreen's being all weird on me today. 
Make sure that you do um, go ahead and get your notepad open. If you are a tube spanner user, let me pin this on the screen here real quick. If you're a tube spanner user, make sure you get your notepad open because we're going to be answering a lot of questions today. And there might be something that I mentioned that you're like, oh man, I need to go look at that on my channel or I don't know what that word is. Therefore, I'm going to you know make sure I write it down so that I can go figure out what that word is later or whatever. But um, tube spanner, which is a YouTube toolkit, all kinds of really helpful things for you in there as a YouTuber. But one of the things is a note-taking tool. So if you're on a computer, it will actually show up right next to this live stream if you hit the take notes option. And then you can just take notes right as we go. It saves the timestamps in there. And then you can go ahead and actually just download those, you know, once the stream is over or come back into the stream and they'll still be there on the replay as well, which is a huge win. But you can find that at tubespanner.com, um, of course. So um, with all of that stuff out of the way, hope Everybody's excited, pumped up, ready to learn some stuff about YouTube today. Um, so right now we don't have a lot of questions in here. So if you have a question that you want answered, um, the again, the link to that is down in the description below. Mr. Special, what is going on? I hope that you are fantastic today. The reason that TikTok seems to be easier to you to get views is because you don't have to learn how to get people to click over there. Um, it's all short form. People don't have to actually make the choice. They just throw your videos in front of people. So because of that, it's a great place to start, just like YouTube Shorts and all the success people are having with YouTube Shorts. Same exact thing applies in terms of when you're using the short form or the vertical content or the platforms where all you have to do, Instagram Reels is the same, where all you have to do is slide up, then you're removing your the, the need to have the skill set to learn how to get people to click on what it is that you're doing because they automatically would just show your videos to the people they think are primed for it. So therefore, you just have to focus on the one skill when you're getting started, which is just learning how to keep people engaged in your video. And the best part about it with short form content is, um, is you don't have to keep them very engaged for very long, which is a great place to, um, to get started. So I'm gonna go ahead and start answering some questions here so we can go ahead and get into the content that you came in for. But first, Little Crafty Nook, hope that you're doing fantastic. Rachel Smets, hope that you're nice, or hope that you're doing great. Nice to see you in here. Kofi Pro, nice to see you here as well. Doug Houston YT, nice to see you as always. Chantel Hills, nice to see you in here as well. Pipe Cleaner Crafts, hey, what's going on? Nice to see you in here, it's been a while. <laughs> Semi-retired Bob, good morning to you as well. Hope everybody's getting off to a great um, start to your Saturday. I know some of us are actually ending our Saturday with the uh, stream here today. So uh, for those of you that are just getting started, I hope that you have a awesome Saturday and we are going to go ahead and get into it. Man, the responsiveness of all of my stuff is really weird right now. Okay, so the very first question is from um, the, let me scroll up here to catch the channel. And hey, if you are watching this on a mobile device, um, you're gonna see a little a little heart icon down in the bottom right-hand um, corner. Do me a favor, because I'm actually just trying to monitor that on my mobile device right now, and I'm trying to monitor on the tablet to see if it pops up on the tablet. It looks like nothing is happening on the tablet, but if you wouldn't mind, you know, if you're hanging out here on the stream, just go ahead and smash the heck out of that thing, um, just so I can kind of see, you know, from my view what happens, because this is a new feature that YouTube put on my channel here a couple weeks ago, and I haven't had the chance to really dig into it and look at it and see you know what it looks like so just go ahead and crush that thing a little bit for me so i can see so i can see what that looks like okay we got some faces coming in some hearts fantastic okay yeah that's pretty cool pretty uh pretty interesting little feature there so yeah i'm excited to see if i get any data on that um in the back end yeah that's pretty cool love it okay cool so thank you um thank you for doing that i appreciate it so the very first question here that we have on our list 
man, why is this being so... Okay, it's from Sean's Reptile Adventures. Sean's Reptile Adventures says, uh, good day, Nick. First up, thanks for the work that you do. It's helped me become a better YouTube content creator and in turn helped me grow my channel considerably. Uh, my pleasure. I'm glad that you're enjoying the content. This is super fun for me to do, so I'm glad that you're getting you know a lot of value out of it. Um, the question says, if my subscriber base mostly wants to see my long-form content, but if I want to start publishing shorts much more frequently, like one per day, would you recommend unchecking the notify subscribers box? I fear that if my subscribers get too many notifications from me, it may get annoying for them and they'll unsubscribe. So the first thing that I want you to do is use data to help you make this decision like is usually the best case or almost always the best case. So when it comes to this sort of thing, um, what you want to make sure that you do just when you're when you like make a community post, right? And you're like, hey, you know, do you get my YouTube notifications? There's going to be some people in there that'll say yes. And they're, you're going to say, hey, you know, would you like to see shorts from me? And people are going to say no, whatever. But what you want to do is you want to go and you want to look in your YouTube analytics. So what you're going to see in there is you're going to see how many people are actually responding to the notifications that YouTube sends out. Because YouTube will send out the notifications, but there's this problem on the user side, right? Like when we're viewers of YouTube, the problem is that, let me go ahead and take this down here now that I've seen that in action. The problem is that when um, when the notifications go out, if we, the viewers, don't have notifications enabled on our computers, on our phones, or anything like that, then we won't even get them, right? So YouTube will send them, but we won't even receive them because the ability for us to receive them is not even there. So because of that, that slashes a huge amount of people out of you know the people that are actually getting the notifications. So then from there, what you wanna look at is you wanna look at the people that have actually responded to the notifications. So how many views are you actually getting from people coming in from YouTube notifications? And what you're gonna see is you're gonna see your subscriber base and then you're going to see the people that have clicked that button. And then out of the people that have clicked that button, you're gonna see you know a pretty small percentage of them that are actually getting those notifications. So because of that, I would recommend that you go ahead and hit the notify subscribers box so that, you know, for the people that do care enough to go ahead and click that option, that they will see that particular content. And then of course they can opt out of that if they want to. But the idea with YouTube shorts is it's actually designed to get you in front of newer people. Of course, if people are enjoying your shorts, then YouTube is more likely to, you know, continue showing them to the people that are enjoying them. However, um, the whole goal of those or the whole purpose of those is to help get you in front of people that might not have maybe clicked on one of your videos. Like the problem that we had talked about earlier about, you know, maybe it's difficult for some people, I'm not saying you, but for some people to, you know, they're still working on how to make a good thumbnail and how to come up with a good title. So it removes that part of the process. And then you just have to get good at making videos first. So because of that, what you want to make sure that you do, if you are going to, you know, do YouTube shorts is go ahead and um, click the button to notify subscribers. But just know some people are going to click on it. Some people aren't. And as you navigate through this journey, make sure that you are keeping in mind the idea that there are people that are vocal in your comments and those people are the people that are usually the most engaged. However, they don't speak for everybody. Those are just the people that are engaging with the posts that you make and things like that. That's why you always wanna use data for stuff. So another great example of this is people will say things like, uh, you know, hey, my, uh, you know, um, like, like you mentioned here, my, your long form content. So the real way to figure out, you know, what your audience really likes is to go ahead and hit them with some short form content and then just see how it compares uh, with the long form content in terms of, you know, people going in and, you know, watching more of that content once they, you know, once they run into it and so on. 
So uh, really quick, a couple Super things that I want to um, address here. First, Canadian Watch Monkey says, just broke a thousand subscribers, going viral, baby. High five and fist bump to you. Congratulations to you for... There we go. I got the right one. Woo! Congratulations to you for your first... 1,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Congratulations to that. Now, really quick, since you just crossed 1,000 subscribers, one thing I want you to think about is think about 1,000 people just standing right there in the room with you, everybody looking at you, right? It's crazy when you think about it from that view. And then, you know, in order to get to 1,000 subscribers, you probably got a lot of views, you know, in order to get you there. So then start thinking about it from that perspective in terms of all the views you have on your channel and thinking to yourself like, holy cow, just visualizing how um, how many people that is. That's uh, it's fantastic. And um, really quick, 86th uh, Street Chef Project member, uh, yeah, project member says, um, let's see here, how do you develop an avatar for a brand new channel? So the very first thing that you wanna do is you wanna think about what it is that you're actually wanting to accomplish from the YouTube channel. That's a very core part of that process. So the very first thing you want to do is you want to think about what you want to accomplish on that channel. And then once you figure out what it is that you want to accomplish on that channel, then you start thinking about who it is that would be a great fit for, uh, to help you accomplish that thing in terms of who do you need to make content for in order to help you accomplish that thing. Um, and then that's going to help you dictate the specific type of content that you make also. But when it comes to that part of the process, once you know what it is that you're doing and you start coming up with who you think might be a good fit for what it is that you're wanting to make, then in that case, hop on Facebook, Facebook, hop on Reddit, hop in Discord groups, hop on everywhere in those communities around those topics that you're considering making videos about and get to know the way that those people think. So then what you do from that point is you start looking for nuances of the things that those people care about because that's going to be all the stuff that you're going to leverage to get them to click on what it is that you're doing in order to create value through the video content that you're putting out and things like that because you're going to quickly learn the things that they care about, the things they don't care about, the things they purchase, the things they like the things they don't like um, the little you know insider memes or insider language you know all of those things that you can also you know put out or uh, leverage so to speak in your content so the starting point though is figuring out what you want to do like what is it that I'm actually trying to accomplish this YouTube channel if everything like if I started this channel today and everything just went perfect and a year from now I had exactly you know that perfect channel that in my brain would be that you know that thing that I'm actually setting out to do in the first place what would that look like and then start reverse engineering who would be a great fit for that and then start searching for where those people hang out online to get a better understanding and when you start noticing those nuances of, of you know there of, of those communities that's how you start really breaking down exactly what it is that you know they care about and all of that which will help you better define the very specific content that you're wanting to make okay and even little details like you know if you see a lot of people in that group talking about you know how you know all they always wake up late as an example in that case that's like one more of those things like hey i don't even need an alarm clock like if you're targeting you know people that are uh, you know self-employed working from home and um they are largely making passive income you know some of those people you know they might not have to set alarm clocks and therefore one of the things that you could make jokes about in your videos is you know the fact that you know you don't have to set an alarm clock either if you were there um or how they don't and you hope to you know get to that point those types of things um so really quick here we've got um we got some looks like we got some uh, you know starting out drama going on here in the chat this is great like i'm seeing comments come in and i'm seeing like walls of like you know this person you know this person blocked this person blocked this person blocked 
So really quick here, we got Z Corp um, Alpha says, so happy I retired at age 43, never made a YouTube channel. My privacy means too much to me and show success can be achieved in other ways. Yeah, so first off, congratulations to you for retiring at 43. That's a heck of a feat. So um, congratulations to you for doing that. But you say you never made a YouTube channel and um, and you mentioned that your privacy means, oh, your privacy means too much for you to do that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like the um, pin at the very top of the screen, the, the link to that particular video the whole thing with that um to my understanding is it's more designed for like food channels and like that type of stuff but um in terms of like the the you know the inner workings of how it works um that is still you know a mystery to everybody but the reason that i made that video is because the one that's pinned at the top is the one i'm talking about the top of the chat right now the reason i made that video is because if you do have one of those types of channels or if it if it's wider than that and other content creators you know can also be pinpointed and all of that or or located based on the things they talk about the scenario because people are in the comments like you know oh well just don't talk about places in your videos but the scenarios that you got to think about in that case is like okay let's say somebody um, has a food channel let's say they go to all these different restaurants and they review stuff let's say that pizza hut comes out with a new pizza and they're like hey i'm going to go to pizza hut and i'm not worried about my privacy there because there's a gajillion different pizza huts so therefore i'm going to go to pizza hut and i'm going to review their new pizza well what would stop youtube system from saying like they're at this pizza hut and then let's say they did that same exact thing at like an In-N-Out burger for something that happened there. Or let's say they did the same thing at McDonald's for some new, you know, dessert drink that they have or something or Starbucks. And then all of a sudden their channel starts having all these pins on it, which will help, you know, which could help a worst case scenario, crazy person really figure out where that person is. So the whole idea um, with that particular video is just turning that feature off until we know better, you know, exactly how it works um, so that we can make sure that everybody stays safe with that and that nobody, you know, kind of exposes themselves. Um, if they are, you know, concerned about, you know, their privacy or down the road having, you know, fans or viewers that, you know, might be a little bit problematic because that happens. There's been problems with YouTubers in the past. Um, if you look for, did I completely freeze up here on my end? I, I like, it looks like, I, oh, it looks like my whole machine froze. Am I good? It, it, am I good? It keeps freezing. Okay. Give me one second here. I might have to uh, hop on the other computer to keep this puppy open. I'll just keep. I'll, I'll just do it on my phone. Give me one second here, and uh, and I'll just come in on my phone, and then we'll just we'll just restart this whole thing if it keeps if it keeps freezing. So um, so I'll just yeah okay we're fine. All right. So next up, we've got uh, let's see here as we keep on going on. So I am pausing off and on, but my audio does not. Okay. So I think I might know what's going on. So I'm just gonna restart real quick because I, I turned on this TV later and that might've messed up my, uh, my graphic card. So if everybody can kind of hang tight with me for a second, I'm going to um, just send myself an invite. It's funny, like the only time that I haven't uh, done this. So the audio is fine, so that's good. We're halfway there. Um, let's go to here, copy this. Yeah, it's like the whole thing, the whole system's just really laggy um, on my part. So not a fantastic start. So, uh, so just be patient with me here. Yeah. It looks like the whole thing's kind of like blacking out and yeah, it looks like we're having all kinds of weird stuff going on. So I'm going to just go ahead and we're just going to go ahead and just come into Streamyard right now on this. The, uh, just hang, hang tight. I'm actually going to, this will probably be an easy way to do this on my end. I'm gonna play a music video for you. You guys are familiar with this already. Um, this is the 
the thing here with um um man yeah we're, we're like completely freezing up trying to get a, a video going so you guys have like something to watch here while i'm resetting everything oh let's see here let me uh scroll down here scully's house of thrillers thanks my man you rule okay so i'm gonna hit this hopefully it triggers that'll give you something to watch while i step away and kind of reset everything If it comes in, hold on. Check, check, one, two. I'm B to the G, it's easy to see what you need, it's attention from me, I'll give you the shout, get back on the grind and you'll be down for the count, trying to breathe, your favorite is me, now you hit with the disc, all of that hair hanging there like a chick, man give me a break, you're standing too close to the camera like Nick, there is a claim that you say, Filmora is hate, call me a thief for the titles you hate, I call you the rank, you seem to forget it, I hit it and quit it, and you try to walk in my wake, I'm tossing you weight, giving you shine, giving you clout by doing this with my time, and what I'm about, lying you guys, you come from my comfort, but now you're denied, you, you, Wanna, wanna throw, throw shade It's too late, I already got it made You, you, wanna, wanna bring, bring hate Hit, hit the road, hater, cause I'm not phased If you're messing with G, you're messing with me The name is Nick and I'll bend in a knee Disturbing the peace, I'll come back into battle and murder a beat I heard you eat worms like a bird, like a tree Just like these words of defeat I think Feeny should draw you and make you a tea They're waiting on me, who's waiting on you? If it wasn't for Johnson, you wouldn't have views or a clue you wouldn't know what to do The only extremes I see is your food yeah, This is just weak, yes I mean to be rude Change of your scene, technique, everything about you and the future you seek It's bleak, I don't mean to allude to the fact that you racked up a debt with the best in this feud You just got wrecked by the crew You, you, wanna, wanna throw, throw shade It's too late, I already got it made You, you, wanna, wanna bring, bring hate Hit, hit the road, hater, cause I'm not phased All right, so we are in here, and we are going to take this one down. This is fantastic. So you guys get to see, like, a, uh, a thing going on here, like, in real time in terms of, like, a whole – I'm just going to crash this puppy. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going to restart that. Bam. All right, so hopefully this is going on. So in the meantime here, while I'm restarting everything – um, let me see if I can get the chat up here as well. It looks like that's also being weird at the uh, at the moment. So here's what we're going to do. Am I even in 
Sure, if I am. Okay, it says I am in the show. Okay, so I'm just making sure here. But like the uh, one, oh, it froze, and I can't kick my other self out. Okay, no worries. So while we're doing that, we're just going to kind of walk around a little bit. And um, so, so for those of you that are live streamers, that think to yourself, there we go. Okay, so for those of you that are live streamers, that think to yourself, like, oh, I'm not going to live stream because, you know, this, that, and the other thing, or because, you know, what if something goes wrong? This is a great lesson, right? Because when it comes to doing these types of things, things go wrong. It's just, you know, something that happens, not a big deal. You just got to, you know, kind of take the punches as they come in and then just keep on trucking. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you can get everything sorted in a, you know, reasonable amount of time and you can come back into, you know, the stream and get it all fixed. And this is one of the really big advantages, um, in my opinion, of using StreamYard is because, you know, situations like this, you can just, you know, hop on your phone, keep the whole conversation going so that as new people are coming into the stream, they're not like, hey, there's nothing happening here, right? So that as they're coming into the stream, that, uh, you know, they see something going on and you can just continue. And you can just continue to have the, um, to have the conversation. So what I'm gonna do here is I'm going to um, see if I can, I'm just gonna keep this phone here um, off to the side while I'm getting everything else set up. But you know, I'm not gonna set up everything. I'm just going to keep this, we're just gonna run slim here because I think it might be my computer and my monitor. So what I'm gonna do, I just, it's gonna take me just one second here to get this form open. And then as we get this form open, then, um, then I'm going to go ahead and we'll just keep on, you know, trucking and all of that. So um, let's see here, I'm okay now. Okay, fantastic, thank you, D. For the um, for the heads up there, and then I'm just logging into the back end here as well, so I can have my backup of my YouTube chat, and then we are good to go. Black Girl Bliss, welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get the chance, um, you go to NiminVIP.com. That is our members only Facebook group. Um, if you can do that before the stream is over today, I will let you in there as soon as this stream is complete today. Um, but make sure you fill out everything because like after the stream, like when I mentioned that, people will just go over there and try to join up anyway, but I actually double check, right? I double check to make sure that, uh, you know, that we're all good and that, uh, you know, the people that are going in there are actual channel members. So just make sure that you do go ahead and you get, oh, okay, that kept going because it's in the hardware, nice. Um, so yeah, so just make sure that you do check that out. Um, go to nimmonvip.com and I'll just go ahead and put it up on screen for you here so you know exactly where to go for it, there we go. And, um, and that will redirect you to our Facebook group. Okay, so now let's focus back in and get back into some of these questions. So we've got, um, we've got two, I think, questions that we were into right here. We had super, um, let's see here, Super Cooper Stories. Super Cooper Stories says that they have a channel where they do middle grade booktube. And the goal of the channel is to share the books that I enjoy with the world. And the question is, I just unlocked the community tab Congratulations to everybody that's unlocking the community tab right now. Um, and they wanna know what the best ways are to use it. So I'm gonna answer that, but before I do, Slot Sista. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Same with you, make sure next time you get the chance, you just go to nimminvip.com. That's gonna redirect you to our members only Facebook group. If you can do that before the stream is over today, I will get you in there once the stream is complete as well. 
So um, let's see here. So the next question that we have here says, I just unlocked, unlocked the community tab. What are some of the best ways to use it? So when it comes to the community tab, um, there's a nice handful of ways that you can uh, that you can use this to your advantage. For Aviator, Aviator, I see what you did there. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the um, welcome to the stream today. So when it comes to the community tab, there's a there's a nice handful of different ways that you can use it. Um, one of the ways, of course, is to share videos or playlists that will bring people back into your YouTube channel. Um, you can share videos from your channel, or you can also use it as a tab collab, is what we call it, where you also use it as a way to collaborate with friends who also make similar content to you. So for example, let's say that you are a gamer and you're doing COD content and you are playing with this other gamer on YouTube over here and both of you are like man i wish our viewers would be able to easily you know know wh what other stream to watch at the same time and what you can do is you guys would be able to share each other's live streams in each other's uh, community tab and let your audiences know hey just go to my community tab there's a direct link over there of course you can put it in your description too but i'm just saying that's just one way to do it um let's say that two people have cooking channels, same exact thing applies. And there's a lot of crafters in here, so we'll say crafting as well. But basically when the, um, we'll say, you know, crafters or, or cooking channels, if you have, you know, a buddy that makes similar type of content, then same exact thing. If they put out a piece of content, you're like, wow, that's, that's, a, you know, that's really good. I would love for my viewers to see this. Then that's a great way to just send, you know, some viewers their way. And you can also work out some of those things in advance, like on our side. One of the things that we do within our circle of buddies is, you know, if somebody is like, hey, you know, this video is something that I really want to get out there in front of, you know, more people. Um, people are, you know, really enjoying it, you know, according to the comment section, according to the stats on this. Um, so would you guys, you know, be interested in sharing this. And then, you know, we'll just go and, and share it. Sometimes we'll just run across, you know, one of those videos and we'll share it anyway. But um, but sometimes we do it that way. Other times we'll do it to where we're like, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna be making a video about this. I'm gonna be making a video about this. So let's both share both of those in our community tabs, like right after we publish our videos um, because they are complementary to each other, right? Those types of things. So you can use it as a collaborative tool. Um, you can use it as a way to bring people back into your content through the videos and playlists, like I mentioned before. Um, and when you are are looking at your videos and playlists that you do share there, um, one thing that you're going to see is those typically get the lowest amount of engagement in the tab. So you want to make sure that you are gauging that on the actual videos themselves. If it's the playlist, you want to gauge it on the first video in that playlist, but you want to gauge the traffic that you're sending from the video stats themselves, not what you're seeing in the community post. Um, in addition to that, you can also use it as a way to share like behind the scenes pictures of content that you have coming up, depending on your content type. If you have a community that's really hyped about, you know, things that you publish, then in that particular case, you can just show like little hints of, you know, content that you have coming to kind of build up the hype so that you start to create the opportunity to where people are like, hey, I want to hang out and, and see, you know, this particular video. So I'm gonna make sure that I'm paying attention on that channel or whatever. Um, you can also use it as a way to really start to understand your audience. So a question that we had earlier was about, you know, your avatar and, and understanding who it is that you're making content for. So the idea is that in your community tab, over time, you can start asking all kinds of little questions, um, just little details that would help you better understand the audience that you're reaching. So for example, I'll ask even silly things. I'll be like, hey, do you use light mode or dark mode? Because then if I see that I have a substantial amount of people that are using dark mode more than at least the people that responded to that post, then what that tells me is I need to keep that in mind when it comes to my thumbnails. Of course, you wanna make your thumbnails work better on both, but like if there was one that had to take the hit, 
it's gonna be light mode because you guys use dark mode more than you use light mode at, you know, at scale. So it's those types of things that you can use it for. You can also use it to just kind of share information. Hey, uh, my video is running a little bit late this week, but I'll be dropping a video on Tuesday, you know, those types of things. Um, so, you know, the Q and A side, the polls are also fantastic. So for example, you'll see in my live streams from time to time, I'll ask, you know, hey, uh, you know, how you know, do you watch my live streams? And, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, or, you know, you might have interacted with some of those, but the response that I'll get on those is that most of the, you know, people that watch my content don't watch my live streams, or at least not this one, because I haven't asked that since I started on the news stuff, but even the news stuff, right? I asked about that. Hey, are you liking the news? Great feedback from that, plus great feedback on the new stuff that I'm doing. So because of that, that helps me understand through the feedback I get from you, the right path to take, especially if it aligns with the data that I'm seeing on my end, right? So those are some ways that you can use your uh, community feed. So really quick, um, I saw a post in here just a little bit when I was having my technical, um, you know, kind of hurdle thing that I was trying to run through and I can't get back up there. Renee Ritchie was adding some clarity to the location thing. And um, and his question, or not his question, but his post actually went past it here by the time I got this all back on. So if you happen, um, you know, just so I can let everybody know about that, if you happen to still be here, if you could just say that again, and then I will, um, I will repeat it here um, on the stream. Hey, what's up, Christina? Nice to see you in here. Well, I know you at least come in when we're getting close to a holiday, right? <laughs> so there is a Thai holiday coming up on Monday. Are you in here to let to remind me of that one? <laughs> But okay, let's let's get back into some, into some questions here. So um, so that's the um, uh, the community feed, right? So that particular question is all based around the YouTube community feed. So next up, we've got King CMC TV. King CMC TV says the goal of the channel is to get monetized. It's a gaming channel, and the question is: I do live stream gaming every four to five days per week. I upload short videos and shorts for my live stream two days after live streaming. Should I space out uploading my two minute video and short videos three to four hours apart, or can I upload two minute videos at the same time as my shorts? Um, me personally, YouTube says that it doesn't matter, so it probably doesn't, but me personally, I would let them breathe. So I would give each one just a little bit of time so you can make sure that as notifications are going out for that, um, at least on those first three notifications, um, you wanna make sure that you are, you know, just making sure that, you're spacing it out. And the reason that you wanna do this, and just something to think about, and of course you can do with this information what, what, you know, what you want, but when you are publishing your content, you know, of course you could just dump everything at once, but then everybody's gonna you know, have the choice. Like let's say on a homepage or if they come to your YouTube channel because they love your videos and they check in every day, then what's going to happen is they're gonna have the choice of like, should I watch this or should I watch this if their time is limited? So because of that, if you space it out a little bit, you might hit them at different parts during the day. You might hit different time zones, like catching people right when they're waking up in different time zones, uh, those types of things. So because of that, I would, actually, I would actually space them out just a little bit, just for the sake of considering the, time of your viewers and those sorts of things like publishing multiple times in a day um, you know you can do that sort of thing as well um, in some cases I've seen that work against you know people as well however at scale like if you just think to yourself like okay if I'm going to be publishing you know multiple videos per day I'm at least going to space them out so I can either be hitting different time zones or I can be hitting people before they go to school and then after they get out of school or before they go to work and after they get out of work and then maybe in the evening you know those types of those types of things are things to consider when it comes to that so um let's see here so next that was a great question though um next up on our list here 
We're only on number four because of our because of our rocky start today. Ca Carolina Love, welcome to the stream, says they have a clothing channel. The goal is to make money. So first, I want to invite you, um, uh, Carolina Love, I want to invite you to the live stream series that I'm doing. I just started it last week on Tuesday. I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing them on Monday or Tuesday because I won't be doing it on Monday of this week either because of the holiday. Um, local holiday. But when it comes to making money on YouTube, I really encourage everybody that's interested in making money on YouTube to show up or at least watch the replays for my YouTube monetization streams. Because what I'm doing now is um, I'm I started a series where I'm doing channel reviews, but instead of saying like, hey, you know, your thumbnails need work, your titles need work, those types of things. Um, instead of that, I actually look at the channel and I'm like, hey, based on the type of content you make, these are some things that you might want to consider um, when it comes to making money from your content. So, so um, it's that type of thing. So I definitely um, encourage you to come and hang out for that. But let's get to your question. It says, I do, um, I, I do a lot of try on clothing videos. Some of my most popular videos are getting um, a type attention that I don't necessarily want. I know exactly what you mean. Um, by that, I mean, I'm getting creepy comments by guys. My question is, if I keep blocking people that are making creamy, co creepy comments, um, will YouTube stop pushing out my videos to people? Will it hurt the algorithm for me? Is there a limit on how many people you can block? So I, I've actually got a way that you can handle this um, to where you don't have to block people, but it's going to end up sliding a lot of those comments into an area where you won't even have to see them unless you look there and other people are not gonna see them either. So the commenter will see, will see them and it'll look to them like that, like everybody can see it. But in reality, it'll be hidden by YouTube and you'll have to approve it if you choose to. But what I would recommend is you don't even look in that area. So really quick, the thing that um, Renee mentioned is he says, Places mentioned in your video, for example, restaurants, may, dis may be displayed in the description, but current location isn't. We want to address the concerns, though, so more to come. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, so the the thing that I'm talking about with you, um, uh, Christina Love, is or Carolina Love, I apologize, is the blocked words list. So just to really quickly answer your questions, yes, you can block as many people as you want from your YouTube channel, no problem at all. Um, you can hide them from your channel you know, completely. They can still watch your content, but you won't see any interactions that they do in terms of commenting. Um, however, there's something called a blocked words list. So in order to find this, if you're making content on a, on a computer, you can access this really easily, but you log into your creator studio, down in the bottom left-hand side, you're gonna see a little gear icon. And then with that gear icon, when you click on that, a box is gonna pop up. And then in that box, you're going to see um, an option on the left-hand side of that box for community. You want to click on that, and then you want to scroll down. You're going to see a little box that says blocked words. The purpose of that box is to, and anybody here can use this to block comments that you do not like on your YouTube channel. So if somebody says something you know, bad about you on a regular basis, if you have things that you're insecure about because we're all humans, then you can block those types of things. So if somebody does happen to notice or if you get picked on about it or whatever in your comments, you can block it here. But that blocked words list, what you wanna do is you want to start grabbing the specific words. So if somebody has like a big long string of words they say, don't necessarily copy and paste that because most people probably won't be saying the same exact you know order of sent, uh, you know order of words that they are. But what you want to look for is like trigger words. So you know if people are are talking um, uh, in a very specific way about something that you're doing, and you can isolate that to something that you can copy and paste, and it's very short into your blocked words list, or even down to a word that you see a similar or a bunch of different words that are similar across these comments, then what you can do is you can start putting those 
those into your blocked words list. And then if somebody, if you have some creepy person coming in there, leaving those comments, then what they can do is they can, or not what they can do, but what YouTube will do is if they leave a comment with that word, then YouTube's going to automatically remove it from public view. And then it's going to be put in the held for review section of your comment area on your channel. And then that's going to make it to where you don't even have to police it that much. So the thing that you want to think about here is you want to think about, you want to think about, um, um, like the very specific things that they say. So for example, um, if they have like a specific part that they're targeting or something like that, or all parts, you know, you wanna list those in there. Um, I would also list, uh, you know, any variations of any of those things. Um, if you get attacked for, you know, anything, um, you know, on in your content, just add it to your blocked words list and that should help. But in terms of blocking people, you can block people all day long, not a big deal. And Renee right here, and just as a heads up, Renee, um, he's actually YouTube's creator li liaison. So like he's got like all the, you know, inside information on YouTube, but he says comments aren't considered by YouTube for video ranking. So feel free to manage your comments. However, makes you the most comfortable. Nick's block blocked words list uh, recommendation is terrific. So thank you for that, for that. <laughs> but yeah, like um, in terms of, you know, when you do block people, the, the point that he's trying to get across there, um, I think is that, you know, since comments aren't even a factor in terms of YouTube recommending your videos, it doesn't matter. So like if you block a ton of people or if some comments end up accidentally getting caught in that filter, not a big deal, right? Because it's not gonna negatively impact your video in any way, but it will keep your comment section clean. Now, for those of you that are planning to, or if you already do, for those of you that have established channels already, um, to work with other companies, another thing that you can do, like through sponsorships and things like that, um, another thing that you can do is you can um, first, to ensure that you have a clean community if you do choose to take that approach like I do to where I like everything that I do to be family friendly and brand friendly. So what that means is that if a brand looks at my YouTube channel, they're not gonna see anything to where they're like, oh yeah, we don't wanna work with him because of this, right? Because his community is toxic, right? So, cause you guys are awesome. So, you know, so we don't have that problem. But one of the things that you can do to foster that positive community is you can also put a bunch of negative words in there, you know, like just hateful things that people say. And then as they say, say those things, then they just get filtered out as well. So then it just kind of helps keep your entire comment section just positive and, you know, and, and clean in terms of, you know, obscenities and, and those types of things as well. So the reason that I do that on the obscenity thing, um, because, you know, yes, free speech, all of that, but there's also times and places for things, right? Like for me, if, cause you know, I have kids also that come in and watch my videos. So like I have people leaving comments They're like, Hey, I'm 12. What do you think I should blah, blah, blah. So what I don't want um, is I don't want some kid going through my comment section and getting hit with some, you know, language that maybe their parents are, you know, very protective of them over. And I don't want them to be exposed to that kind of stuff on my channel. Right. So, um, so because of that, you can also block, you know, obscene words and phrases and that type of thing in your, in your blocked words list as well. So I recommend here that everybody does that if you want to, you know, keep that type of community. And in addition to that, um, another thing that you could do if you wanted to, now this is just an optional thing, but in in your negotiations with any brands that you work with, if they do have a lot of competitors or they have a lot of competitors that are mentioned in your comments, you can temporarily, for the length of your contract, if you wanted to, you could also um, you could also block competitors in your comment section as well. I don't do that here, but that is something that you could do if you chose to, um, just as one way, you know, one little upsell that you could do for the people that you work with. 
So uh, next question, the great question. Thank you for um, for asking this question, Carolina, because, you know, I, I know there's a ton of people on YouTube that have problems with, you know, with just bad commenters and things like that. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel um, about blocked words. If you just go, if you look on YouTube search for Nick Nimmin blocked words list, um, then you're going to see a video. Go in there, watch that video because it's going to show you how to use it. But then in the video description, um, there's a link to where you can actually go and download um, some blocked words there. So make sure that you check that out. Also, that will kind of help you get a um, ahead of that curve. And it's an old video, just as a quick disclaimer, it's a really old video. So in the event that that link doesn't work or something like that, feel free to, you know, just shoot me a message on Twitter, um, a DM, and I will, um, I'll, I'll, I'll find that link for you. Um, okay, Doug, thank you for the heads up there. Let me log into that also because I closed that down um, in my restarting shenanigans uh, <laughs> that I had to do. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So while I'm waiting for um, this to load here, um, Corn Create says that they've added blocked words. Fantastic. Skull X Gamer says they got to record two new videos now. Fantastic. Good luck on your uh, videos. And uh, Keep Pressing, Keep Praising says great recommendations. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Um, let's see here. Excellent dude says great tip. My day job, we make uh, creators we have deals with do the competitor name filtering. Oh, hey, man, I got another one for you. So um, just as a really quick tip for anybody here that has a, you know, if there's anybody else here that's working with companies that you know work with content creators, um, another thing, just as a as a heads up to you, is that um, if you're not doing this already, excellent dude. Another thing that you can do as well is inside of our AdSense accounts, we also have host blocking controls as well. So what that does is that actually allows you to block advertisers. So as you know, you know if you're spending money, you know through influencer marketing, you can have somebody making videos about your stuff, and then you can have a competitor just go run ads on that stuff. So because of that, one thing that you might want to do or just pay extra for because they're going to take a small hit on ad revenue depending on how much those people are, you know, um, advertising against their videos. But another thing that you can can do is um, prepare a list of advertising URLs for competitors that you find while you're looking around all of the content. Um, you know, you see the ads running, right? Just make sure you're not looking in YouTube premium. Then what you can do is you can um, get that list of links together for the advertising URLs, give those to the creators that you work with as part of your contract to where they temporarily block those. But please pay extra for that just because they can take a small hit on the, um, you know, on the ad revenue side for doing that. So, you know, please pay extra for that if you, um, you know, if you are not doing that already. And what will happen there is that will prevent your advertisers from, you know, blatantly stepping right in front of your content that you're paying for. Okay. So um, let's see here. And if you're a creator, by the way, if you are working with brands, that's also something that you can offer um, as an additional upsell um, as well on your side in terms of just that extra layer of value that you can provide to, you know, the companies that you're working with also. So, okay, so I had some super chats come in. Some of this was while I was in the process of just kind of, you know, everything was messing up and <laughs> I had to restart. So um, let's see here. So I'm gonna go through these really quick and um, get these um, get these handled. So first, super we have um, Arbo, Arbok Lover 1618 says, I just passed a thousand subscribers. Um, um, all thanks to your info. Thanks, man. High five and fist bump to you for that first 1,000 subscribers on your channel. Uh, Little Pressure's Watching says, uh, Pressure Washing Channel on the road to 2,000. Getting close to that. Congratulations to you as well. Mesta G, Mesita, uh, I apologize for messing that up. G, thank you for the super sticker. 
Nomadic Introvert says, I do long form content. I know shorts are popular. Should I start doing shorts if long form content works for me? Fantastic question. How many people here, and you can just say me if this is you, um, just say just say me, if you're on the fence, if you're like, if you're like Nomadic um, Introvert here, and you're thinking to yourself like, man, everybody's doing these shorts. I'm seeing channels blow up on shorts, but I don't like shorts or shorts aren't like within part within my plan of what it is that I'm trying to do. And like, I just like, what do I do? Like, if you're one of those people, just say me, because I know that I'm getting this question all the time and like DMs and stuff where people are asking me the same thing. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, should I, should I do this? So here's what you got to think about is in social media in general, like there's all kinds of stuff where, you know, there's people that are telling you that you should be on all platforms, like all the time, just constantly uploading content. Um, I'm against that idea. And the reason I'm against that idea is like, if if you're established, you have people helping you, or or this is all you do, then in that case, like, sure, right, go after all of it. Um, Or if you're just in that season where you're like, hey, I'm just like grinding it out right now. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that. That's fine. But just because you have these other social media platforms available or just because you have these other options available on YouTube doesn't mean that you have to use them if it's not in alignment with what it is that you like to create or it's just not in alignment in alignment with the goals that you have for your channel or the things that you're trying to accomplish. So for example, let's say that one of the things that you like to do is you like to, um, let's see here in your particular case, you're a nomadic introvert. So I don't know if your content based on the name is about travel or if it's about, you know, overcoming, you know, being an introvert, I'm not sure. Um, but when you are, you know, kind of planning out what you want your channel to be in the future and all the different things that you want from your channel, what you want to make sure that you're thinking about is to be like, you know, hey, you know, shorts are cool and they do get me in front of, you know, new people. And that is content that I can make, you know, relatively easy because it's, you know, short. I can even sample it from the content I'm already uploading and use it as, you know, uh, examples of sorts of the type of content that I'm making. But if it's not within alignment of what it is that you're trying to do on your channel, then by all means, like keep making just the long form. If you're like, I love making long form content. I love making like, you know, these epic stories and things like that, that it just, it's just not supported in YouTube shorts. Then in that case, just go for it, right? Do that and just do the long form content if that's what you want to do. Um, but keep in mind that just like for, you know, publishing on the other platforms, being able to reach more people there, but making the choice to focus on something and then getting that thing going and then to deciding to do those things later, just like that, you can do the same thing with YouTube shorts. It's a unprecedented opportunity right now in terms of like growing the channel quickly. However, if it's not in alignment with what it is that you're doing and the type of content that you're making, if you're just like, I don't even know what to make shorts about, or maybe, um, you know, it's just not a great fit for me to do shorts, then don't feel like you're obligated to do it, especially if it's not something that you even enjoy in the first place, right? Because like with all of this stuff, there's so much to do and there's so much that you can get distracted by. And there's so much that can actually steer you off path from what it is that you're trying to do. And that's why it's always important to rely back on your your goals and what you're trying to accomplish from your channel. Because when things like this happen, right? You can look at them and you can say, okay, you know what? I might be able to grow my channel faster here, but will I really be able to, you know, add the value that I want through shorts? Of course, hopefully some of those people are going to be able to come over to your long form content as well. But in terms of, you know, like the value that you're going to be able to add directly through YouTube shorts, like if you're like, you know what? I actually, you know, just prefer to make the longer videos, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. But the thing that you're going to end up battling, just so you know, is, when people start YouTube channels, they have, you know, their vision of what success looks like. And that's different for everybody. And for some people, 
it's all about how many subscribers they get on their YouTube channel. So for those people, one of the things that you might notice is like a lot of those people just go head first into shorts because they wanna blow up their channels in terms of subscribers, they can unlock features, they can get play buttons, all that good stuff. However, when it comes to you, know, you if you're like, subscribers aren't really what I'm going for. I mean, of course I wanna grow my YouTube channel, but I wanna do that in a different way through providing a different type of value, you know, things like that versus, you know, a piece of content that could pot uh, potentially go viral in the short shelf. I just wanna do it in a, in a different kind of way. Then by all means, you know, you can absolutely do that. But one thing that you should know about is that if, if just quick subscriber gain is something that you're after, you know, a lot of people are having great success when it comes to YouTube Shorts. Um, in terms of monetization, that's also rolling out for YouTube Shorts as well, so people will be able to make some more money over there in YouTube Shorts. Like, you know, they're they're doing a lot right now with YouTube Shorts, and I'm, I'm assuming they're going to continue to do that um, into the future as well. So because of that, it is something that if you are like on the fence and you're like, you know what, I actually would like to do them, but I'm just not sure yet in terms of like, is it gonna be bad for my channel and stuff like that? For If you're in that scenario, then start experimenting with them and just start looking at the data and start seeing, you know, like how people respond to them and start kind of working your skill set there. But if you're like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I don't know, like everybody's, you know, doing these and there's all this hype around it, but I don't really know what to do. In that case, um, in my opinion, I think that you should just, you know, do the thing that you enjoy the most and go after that versus trying to do those just so you can get, you know, subscriber spikes and things like that. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list. What's up, people? This your boy Viper, the man about tech. Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. So the uh, next live stream or next live stream, next super chat that we have super is from Science Based Fitness says, hey, Nick, have you ever heard of Creator Mix? It's such a good resource. You know, as a matter of fact, I have. Thank you for that. Um, I actually have, and for everybody hanging out here in the chat, just in case you're not familiar with Creator Mix, um, Creator Mix is a free music service put together by my brother D um, and myself. And um, it's where you can get free music for your YouTube videos without any worry about co copyright headaches or anything like that. And we're not gonna take any ad revenue like some of the other services that have popped up recently. So uh, because of that, you can check that out over at creatormix.com. You can also listen to Creator Mix um, on your favorite like streaming platform. So if you're in Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, you can listen to it there. Um, as well um, for Creator Mix. So thanks thanks for that, Science Face Fitness. Uh, Slot Sister says, I have a benefit live stream today and I heard that I could link the external link to my super chats for today, but I can't find it, is that possible? Um, and I heard I could like the external link to my super chats. So I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're talking about. The only thing that um, I can think about is if you are live streaming, um, you see how I have the video pinned to the top of my chat right now. Um, I, would do, I would do something like that. Um, I'm not sure about an external link that happens with Super Chats. That's actually something new to me. Um, I haven't heard of that feature before. So, um, so just as a heads up there, um, thank you for telling me about that because now I know that that's something that I need to explore. However, um, in terms of like an automatic link that happens with Super Chats, I'm not familiar with that personally. 
So I wish I could help you there, um, but unfortunately I can't. But um, what you say that you can't find it, oh, you're asking if it's possible. Yeah, to my understanding, it's not, but that doesn't mean it isn't because they're rolling out so many new features right now, it's hard to keep up. But um, um, to my understanding, um, that isn't possible to where if somebody super chats, it automatically sends them a link in the chat or drops a link in the chat. But what you can do is you can have moderators on standby. Like you can see all the people Hey, Neil, what's up, man? Welcome to the stream. You can see the people in the chats that in the chat here that have the blue wrench next to their name. Those are moderators. So what you can do is you can you can give somebody moderator privileges on your channel. So you can just click the three dots next to their name in live chat, give them moderator privileges. And then when you do that, they can drop links on your behalf um, when people you know do come in and give you super chats there. Deals with me super says, hey, Nick, how do you plan out your content for YouTube and create a video script or do you still do that? So for me personally, when it comes to planning out my content for YouTube, what I do is I will look at um, one, what's happening on YouTube right now in terms of the things that you know people are commonly asking me during these live streams, things like that. That's actually part of the reason that I, that I have people put information in the form here during the live stream, because it gives me insights. Even if I don't get to all the questions during the stream for the people that come in later, it still gives me tons of insights into the questions that you guys have. So because of that, um, for me personally, like I'll dig into that, I'll dig into the questions people are asking me on Twitter. Plus I'll just dig into what's happening on YouTube right now. Um, and I will figure out over the course of the next like 30 to 90 days, depending on how, you know, what's going on at that time, um, the content that I'll be putting out and how I'll link the videos together over that period of time. Um, and by doing that, it helps me see ahead in terms of like, I know I'm gonna be making this content and I know that when I am making this video that I can reference this video here to give it a little bit of an extra push after it's been dormant for let's say a month or something like that. Well, not dormant, but you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, published, you know, 28 days go by. I mentioned it here, you know, at the beginning of this month or middle of, you know, the, the month or whatever. And then I reference back to that one again, and that gives it a little bit more of a surge, you know, those types of things. So, um, so for me personally, that's what I do when I come when it comes to planning the content. Um, I actually have a content calendar and all that stuff that I um, that I use, but a lot of it I actually do right here. So one of the things that I have, um, and I made a new one because I didn't update it for 2022. Um, but channel members, you guys are going to get this for free. Um, actually, just as a heads up, but um, I have a planner that I made for an iPad. It's like a PDF thing, but you can like, if you have a pencil and an iPad, um, then you can, you know, like go in like month to month, you can set your goals in there. You can write down like what keywords you're targeting. If you're going something for search, you can write down the specific value that, you know, people are getting from the videos, those types of things. Um, but I do most of that, um, on the actual iPad itself, but let's talk about scripting who here scripts. If you script, say script. If you, if you do bullet points, say bullet points. Um, and I'm just curious to get kind of like a census here of, you know, of, of what it is that you do. But for me, what I do is I do bullet points with notes. So, um, and every now and then I'll do a script. So with the bullet points with notes, what that looks like is that I'll have like, these are the things that I'm gonna cover. These are like the core pieces of the content. And then from there, and same exact thing goes if I'm gonna do like a screen recording or something like that. Okay, yeah, we got a nice mix in here. A lot of script writing though too. So, um, so when it comes to, to the, the process, what I'll do is I'll write down, you know, the bullet points, like these are the core things that I'm going to talk about so I can make sure I remember to talk about them. And then underneath them, if there's any very specific information that I need to remember in terms of notes or like a nuance that I need to make sure that I cover or whatever, then I'll put a little blurb, you know, underneath it in terms of a note to myself to help me remember what it is I'm going to say, um, or what it is that I need to make sure that, you know, people need to know. So if I do come in, if it's like video day and I come in 
in or, or, or planning day and I come in and I'm like, just my brain's not there. The coffee's not kicking in, whatever the thing is. And I'm just having a hard time just kind of coming up with ideas and that sort of thing. In that case, sometimes I will write out a script for the sake of just kind of getting my brain kind of a little bit more fluid, but that only happened for one video. And then the next video will typically be another bullet point um, just because that'll kind of prime my brain for the next video. And um, another thing that I'll do there is from time to time, um, because Vigard, uh, he actually edits my videos for me. Most of them, I edit some of them, but most of them he edits for me. So sometimes I'll get a little carried away because as you know, if you hang out in this live stream, I tend to get a little wordy sometimes. <laughs> so what I'll do, if I if I have a period of time where it's just taking me way long to explain stuff, then Vigard will be like, you know, hey, you know, these videos are getting a little bit long. And I'll say like, okay, let me, you know, just write a script so I can ensure that, you know, the time that it takes me to write that um, is, you know, limited down to, you know, something a little bit more reasonable so that he can get through the edit a little bit faster as well. Um, when I do that, um, same exact thing, I'll either write the script itself in um, Google Docs, or I'll use the scripting tool inside of TubeSpanner for that because it has the timer on there that helps me just get a gauge of about how long it's going to be. So next up, we've got, oh, no, 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 we already did that one. Video Yeah, but at the end of the day, here's another thing that I found also, um, is that when it comes to um, scripting versus bullet points, I found that for me personally, um, scripting, it, it, it comes across a little bit um, unnatural in terms of the communication, where if I do bullet points, it forces me to communicate in a more natural way because it's more free thought and just communicating naturally instead of it being like, okay, I gotta make sure I'm remembering to say exactly what it is that I wrote down on the script so that my focus is on the actual information that I'm sharing, not on making sure that I'm saying what it is that I wrote in my script, if that makes any sense. So, um, so for me personally, I found bullet points to be a much more natural way to uh to handle it super nomadic introvert chat. thank you for the super chat again says um nick how would i go about branding my channel my channel is growing at a nice pace and i want to start branding it are there companies for that um by branding um it depends on your perspective of branding so when it comes to branding you have like visual branding you can add audio branding you can have like um, video graphics which is part of visual branding and then there's deeper sides of branding as well in terms of like naming the group that are interacting with your content you know those types of things so when, you know, like drawing lines in the sand in terms of things you stand for, things that you don't, you know, those types of things are, are the deeper side of branding. So for more information on that, um, I recommend there's a book called Primal Branding that I recommend that you either, um, you know, read or listen to because they have an audio version. Um, there's also a book by Pat Flynn called Superfans um, to where it also has that type of, you know, information in it to where it's, it's not about like logos and colors. It's about your connection and your relatability to the people that you're reaching with your content, right? So I recommend that you check out both of those, um, super fans and primal branding, because it'll kind of shift how you're thinking about, you know, what, what branding or what a brand is, especially um, online, because, you know, a lot of that stuff also, you know, really comes into play in a major way online. But when it comes to the branding for your channel in terms of design, you know, if you're doing visual stuff, you can find people for that on Fiverr. Um, if you go on to Reddit, there are some design groups in Reddit where you can go in there and you can hire people for design there, but just be careful because there isn't any policing there. You're just kind of hitting people up and they're, you know, giving you prices and stuff. And sometimes people do get scammed. So because of that, um, I would go for like uh, Fiverr or maybe Upwork. Um, you can also use places like 99designs, 99designs. They have it where they'll put together like social media kits for you and things like that. But 
when it comes to that, keep in mind, most of those are like, you know, just the images and they won't necessarily translate over to your video graphics. So you might have to take that first and then have another person do the, uh, the actual video graphics themselves for any, uh, for any branding stuff that you're doing there. I used to offer that service personally, but I don't anymore. Yeah, my brother D says that um, Fiverr is also full of scammers, so be careful over there too. So yeah, so you know, so it's it's a minefield, but uh, hopefully that'll get you covered. But when I first started on YouTube, I actually offered that. So I offered like branding packages, like visual branding packages for people, um, where we would do like the channel art. I would make like thumbnail templates. We would do lower third, animated lower thirds, transitions, like full page graphics or full screen graphics for if they had like something that they were highlighting in that moment, or you know, like an image they wanted to put up there, a news article they wanted to share, whatever, um, you know, animated in screens, that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. So um, let's see here. So next up on the list, let's hop into uh, more questions here. So we've got Rachel Smets. Hey, Rachel, hope that you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here today. Says that um, she does education, escape your nine to five um, type of content. The goal of the channel is getting more views and coaching clients. And the question is trying to improve and focus on the right topics, titles, thumbnails. Would love your suggestions. Avatar is working well, paid nine to five and wants to get out, have more freedom and time to schedule to be their own boss. However, they have no idea what they'll do when they quit. So I wanna make them aware that quitting is possible. Do I make a list of videos on quitting job or being your own boss. I want to make sure I get clear and the algorithm finally recommends me. So keep in mind that when it comes to YouTube recommending you, it's going to come down to the content performance as well as your ability to connect with the right people. So they'll recommend you regardless, but in terms of them recommending you to the people that you're trying to reach, that's where being very strategic about, hey, the mods do rock. Ty Truth, Tia Truth. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they actually absolutely do rock. High five to the, to the mods. So, um, so when you are thinking of your performance on YouTube. So the idea with your title and thumbnail, it's of course to get people to click, but you also wanna make sure like in your case that you are getting the right people to click. So because of that, you have to make sure that every time you publish a piece of content, and I, I made a video um, explaining this, um, in the Facebook group uh, uh, that time. But basically the idea is that you wanna make it to where people that you're trying to reach can identify that your content is something that they care about. So, you know, in your content specifically, you focus a lot on yourself in the thumbnails and that can be okay because that can cause somebody to just drop down to the title because they have no information that they're getting from the thumbnail. But the idea is that you wanna make sure that you're capturing their attention in the thumbnail so that you're stopping them in their tracks. The reason for that is because if you open your phone right now and you go to YouTube and you go into your mobile feed, one of the things that you're going to find is as you're sitting there kind of just scrolling through your mobile feed, um, you're going to find that, you know, you're just scrolling through. Um, it, you can't see it because the glare. But as you're scrolling through, you know, the things that are just blatantly obvious that are the things that you care about, they're going to stop you. And you're going to pay a little bit more attention to those than you are of things that, you know, that, that just don't stand out to you. So your your job is to think of how you can make your content stand out to people and be identifiable to the people that you're trying to reach. So part of that is in the thumbnail because you got to capture their attention. And then part of that is in how you're packaging it up in your title as well. And of course, the combination of the two and at the higher level, the actual topics that you're making videos about. So when it comes to, um, you know, how you're packaging it all up, you got to make sure that people can identify it. So by doing that, what you do is you get the right people clicking on your content, which then helps you to better understand who the right people is to serve it to based on the people that are and are not sticking around when they click on those videos. But 
depending on how good you are at getting people to stick around your videos, that's going to also be a major factor on if you're getting recommended or not. So you have to make sure that you're keeping that in mind. So I know that you ask a lot of questions in the groups about thumbnails and, and titles, and that's, you know, that's part of it. And of course, if you can't get people to click, then nothing else is gonna happen. But you know, you also have to get people watching the content. And I know that you're trying to get coaching clients, but I'm not sure, because I haven't watched any of your um, stuff. I've looked at your channel, but I haven't watched any of your content. But if you are doing like hard closes to try to get people to hire you for coaching, then in that case, you know, those particular videos, if you do have a lot of people abandoning them, abandoning them, um, you know, with, with, uh, you know, if you're not getting a lot of views and a lot of people are abandoning those videos because they're looking at your website or whatever, then you're caught, you would be causing a lot of people to leave YouTube at that point in time. So because of that, you might want to do it in a different way to where you share your expertise and share your knowledge and just kind of mention clients in every video and things like that. But you don't necessarily do that like hard call to action, or you just do it briefly somewhere in the video, it's just like a quick drop. But what I would do right now is I would try to just build up the channel a little bit and go ahead and learn how to just make content that people respond to well, and then start trying to drop in those, um, you know, hard calls to action if you are doing those. But your real question though, is about, you know, getting people to click on what it is that you're doing. So like the tutorial that I made for you, um, first, I would go back and watch that. Um, but two, just think about, okay, the people that, that, care the most about your content that are trying to figure out how they can get out of their nine to five job. Like how can you represent that visually? A great tool that you can use for this is you can go to any stock photo website, any stock video website. Um, you can even use Google images for this, but go to all of those different places. Um, you can even use free sites like pexels.com for example, cause you're not using the actual, you know, uh, content. So you can go in and you can start searching around, like quit your nine to five, um, you know, leaving nine to five, escape nine to five, quit your job, you know, like those types of things, job stress, those types of things so that you can see how other professionals are representing that idea. And then that'll give you some insight into some things that you might want to focus on when it comes to helping the people that you're trying to reach know that your content is about something that they care about. So things that I would experiment with. I would experiment with having imagery of somebody that looks completely stressed out that's sitting in like an obvious workspace. Um, I would also experiment with the other side of things, which is like, you know, hey, here's somebody like hanging out on the beach or whatever. I would try, you know, with you in the thumbnail, without you in the thumbnail, because um, you're doing a lot, you know, with you in the thumbnail. I would try now, I would try, since that's not working, you know, that great right now, I would try to, you know, um, do it without you in the thumbnail at all for a nice series of, or for a nice handful of videos just to see if you can learn how to better represent your idea through other methods besides you and the thumbnail with a word, right? So that can work, but you just have to make sure that if you do add text to your thumbnail, that one, your your expression would match the text that you actually have in there. But two, you also wanna make sure that you don't put tons of text, but you only put like a word or two words or maybe three words that would help them know that it's for them, right? So, you know, work sucks, work is stressful, you know, like those types of things to um, just to help them, you know, be able to see that. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got A plus Russian. What's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. I find Chris, what's going on, man? I, uh, I see it right here. Give me one second. There we go. Super I find Chris. What's up, man? Thank you for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. 
So A Plus Russian does um, educational content. Uh, they teach people about Russian language and culture. And the question is, congrats on 600 videos, Nick. I'm at 111 now, but no longer post full-length video week, uh, full-length videos weekly. So if when my VOD gets the dreaded 10 out of 10, I go to work changing one more of the following, thumbnail, title, description, tags, et cetera, until I see a change in views. Question, how long should I wait in between those types of changes to avoid causing uh, confusing the YouTube algorithm? Any other advice for rec rescuing an underperforming video? So first, you gotta look and see everything that's happening with a video, some things you can change, other things you can't. So you can't, you know, of course, adjust your audience retention unless you do clip out, you know, like a, you use the YouTube editing feature to actually clip out a part. That's the only way that you can handle that, you know, once the video has been created. And then of course you do have your thumbnail and title that you can play with. So instead of just swapping them out and changing like everything, what I would do in that particular case, if you are trying to see if you can make a difference in that particular video is I would start with the thumbnail. Um, and then from there, just kind of see if that makes a difference or not. Try a few different thumbnails, see if that makes a difference. If it doesn't, then start working on the title itself. And, and the description, it gives context and all that, and it can help you in like search and things like that. But, um, but I would just focus all of your efforts on your thumbnail and title when it comes to you know trying to make those changes. But what you wanna make sure that you are doing though is you wanna look at the video performance itself and you wanna compare that against other videos in your channel that have done well, because it could just be that you know that you're, you know, like you might be able to get them to click, but maybe the they're just not enjoying the content enough to where YouTube deems it as a as competitive enough through a satisfactory experience um, in order to, you know, continue showing it as much as they were, you know, previously, that kind of stuff. But in terms of how long to wait between those changes, so it's not not necessarily about confusing YouTube. It's more about um, it's more about just giving the video time because when you when you pub when you publish a video on your YouTube channel, um, it initially goes out to the people that are most interested. But then you know depending on how those people respond to it, and you'll see these notices inside of your Creator Studio, or it'll be like, hey, views are up seventy eight percent because more of your regular viewers are choosing to watch this video. Right? You'll see that. So. Those people responding is extremely important, but in terms of the long-term performance of your videos, um, it's important to understand that when you are doing all of these tests, you don't wanna be doing it too often. And the reason you don't wanna do it too often is because YouTube is always showing your content in like different places. They're showing them to like different people that they think would be a good fit for it and all of that. And sometimes, you know, you could make a change that might end up working against you, you know, when they show it to that next group of people. So because of that, I wouldn't go too overboard with like swapping things out. Um, if you're getting a lot of traffic, then and in that case, you know, that gives you a lot more leeway to do that so you can swap something out and then you'll be able to see in a really short amount of time if it's making a difference or not. But if you're not getting a lot of traffic, um, then in that particular case, you know, you definitely want to give it some time just so that you can let YouTube do its thing when you do uh, make whatever changes that you make. Also, when you are, you know, making those decisions, you want to make sure that you are looking in your traffic sources report and you hang out here. So, so you know this already, but I'm just saying it for anybody else that's not familiar with this. So when you are looking at your click-through rate, you don't want to, um, when you are looking at your click-through rate, you don't wanna look at it at just the averaged out view that you see in your creator studio. Like that's insightful, but to get more detail and to get more specific information about how your thumbnails are performing in different places on YouTube, like home pages, next to other videos on the platform, YouTube search, that kind of stuff you can actually go into your traffic sources report and advanced analytics. And actually you don't even have to go into advanced analytics anymore. Um, they're showing this to you now, um, just in, in that regular quick view, if you just, you know, click down to that area. But 
start looking to see how your thumbnails are performing in the different places. Because you might find that like, hey, suggested I'm doing great, home pages, yeah, I'm not doing that great. You might find that you're doing great in home pages, but not necessarily suggested, or that you're doing great in search, but not necessarily home and suggested. And what some of those things mean is this, this is how you interpret that. So if you look at your click-through rate at your, in your traffic sources reports in your YouTube analytics, and you notice that you're doing great on home pages, but you're not doing so great in suggested videos, first, keep in mind that typically those will end up getting a lower result anyway. But if it's like a substantial difference, then in that case, what that tells you is that you're able to grab somebody's attention when they see it in like a mobile feed or when they see it showing up on their homepage or something like that, but you're not that great at pulling attention from suggested or you're not popping up in any next up spots. So because of that, um, one thing that you wanna make sure that you do in that case when you notice that is just scale your thumbnail down to the size that it would be in a suggested video and, and make the clear idea yourself or make it you know obvious to yourself. If I'm looking at this, can I clearly get an understanding of what exactly it is that I'm that that I'm you know promising with this particular video? And you can use your traffic sources reports to help you uncover things like that. So for example, the news that I do every Friday, I do great on home pages from that. I do great on my channel page from that. But the place that I suck is suggested videos. And I know that, you know, I see it in my um, in my reports, so it's not a big deal. But what that tells me is that I need to start experimenting with different things, um, with different layouts for that, even though people enjoy and I get a lot of positive feedback from the little, you know, theme news thing that I do in, in, in those videos. Um, what what is happening is it's actually hurting me. It's cute, but it hurts me and um, suggested because it's not crystal clear what that might be about and those things that might grab somebody's attention when it's you know big in a mobile feed, you just can't see that detail in a, um, in a suggested video. So because of that, I have to go through the process. As a matter of fact, I did that yesterday um, and by doing that yesterday, that particular video, and it was just like a you know, good topic anywhere, good title, but you know, by doing that, that one is also just getting a better response you know, in suggested videos also. But other things that that will show you is like looking at it in suggested, make sure you're thinking of of how YouTube truncates titles as well, because you know on a homepage you'll see more of a title than you will in suggested in some cases. So because of that, you want to make sure that you are going and you're looking. If you notice that you're that you're that you have a low click through rate in suggested, then in that case you just want to go and just do that quick look. Okay, is my title getting truncated over there? Um, where uh, where you know the important part to the viewer that would help them know that it's for them um, to where that's getting cut off. Is the thumbnail the information in the thumbnail big enough there to where it would grab their attention? You know, in suggested. Those types of things is what you want to think about. Same exact thing goes for search. If you are somebody that, you know, let's say you have like a how-to channel and you target search a lot with some of your content, then in that particular case, you want to make sure that if you are, if you're a company and you're trying to just own YouTube search for your area, you know, based around the services that you offer, something like that, um, then in that case, David Matney talking to you, then in that particular case, <laughs> YouTube search, what you want to do is you want to go there and you want to see how your, um, what your click-through rate and your average review duration and all that is in YouTube search compared to everything else, because then in that particular case, that might be more important to you. So uh, next up on our list here, great question though. Thank you for that. Next up on the list, we've got Sam George. Sam George says they have an entertainment channel. The goal of the channels is to entertain people. And the question is, what are the best key elements to add to thumbnails? Anything that will help your thumbnail stand out in terms of grab attention. And once somebody, once it grabs somebody's attention, maybe it's like the color or maybe the specific imagery or something like that, something that will help them identify that it's something that they care about. So in your case, you do, let's see here, you have an entertainment channel. 
So if you, if your entertainment channel is somewhat involving like, you know, other, like, let's say you're, I don't, yeah, cause entertainment channel, that can be pretty broad. So in that case, um, if you're doing entertainment content in terms of like Mr. Beast type of entertainment content, then in that, uh, not to that extreme probably, but if you are doing that type of thing, then having it to where you're highlighting the idea of the video itself. So typically what you wanna do when it comes to your thumbnails in your particular case is when you come up with a topic for your video, right? Because you're like, hey, this is the, the type of video that I wanna make. What you wanna do is you wanna start thinking of your thumbnail and your title first. So instead of thinking to yourself like, okay, I'm gonna make this video and then I'm gonna make a thumbnail for it. I hope I got some good footage or some good pictures for it. What you're gonna do is you're going to start making the title of the video and the thumbnail first and you wanna flush out those ideas. Once you flush out those ideas and you're like, okay, this is exactly I'm going to package it. This would totally be compelling. This would be super interesting. Then what you can do is you can make sure that you spend extra time when you're recording it to get these very specific images that you're going to need in order to put the thumbnail together that you want to put together. So in a lot of cases, you know, depending on your knowledge of like Photoshop and all the other apps that do these types of things, you may or may not know that, you know, when you look at a lot of entertainment thumbnails on YouTube, at least the highly successful ones, in a lot of cases, those are like, you know, four, five, six, seven different pictures that are all all merged together in order to make like one image that like really stands out and is really epic. So because of that, just kind of helping to focus in on the, you know, the specific, you know, promise of the video or the hype of the video in terms of like, hey, we're seeing if he can make this basketball shot from, you know, the top of the Grand Canyon down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. We're trying to see if we can get a swoosh in this, right? So in that particular case, then of course you would need to set up all the pictures for that. You would need to, um, uh, you know, make sure that you're getting pictures from all the different angles so that you could make sure that when you get home and you're putting the thumbnail together for it, that you have everything you need and you would have that and you would ensure that you had that by sketching it all out beforehand and planning it out in that way. So hopefully that makes sense. All right, next up. So we've got um, Agent Casey G. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Agent Casey G says they do photography tutorials. And the goal is to be the go-to guy in real estate photography and 360 in the community. Question is, how do I share my info so if someone wants to sponsor or send products? So a couple different approaches here. The very first is make sure that on your YouTube About Me page, that you have your business inquiry email set up there. Uh, most companies that will come onto YouTube looking to sponsor content creators know to go to that area in order to get the email address. A lot of content creators don't even put it in there, um, but make sure that you do put an email in there and make sure that that email is not the email that's connected directly to your YouTube account. That's just one layer of security for you. Instead, create a separate email just for that because it's gonna be kind of like a public facing email, right? Um, other things that you can do is in your channel art itself, if you do link to your web site for any reason, if you have one, then in that case, you can actually have a navigation link on there that says, you know, like, you know, uh, media inquiries or business inquiries there. And if somebody clicks on those, if somebody clicks on those, um, then in that particular case, one thing that, um, that can happen there is they can, um, 
you know, they'll be able to go to your website or whatever, and then they can see like your media kit that they can download directly there. So when it comes to the media kit, some information that you want to have in there, one, you want to have a blurb in terms of, you know, what it is that, you know, you do on your YouTube channel. You want to make sure that you have some audience information in there about, you know, who it is based on your understanding of the people that you're reaching, um, who it is that you are actually reaching with your content and the value that you're adding to them. You also want to make sure that you have demographic information in there and you can download this directly from YouTube as well in terms of who who's watching your videos. You just need to put like your top three or four countries in there. You don't have to put them all. Um, you also wanna make sure that you do put like average view counts, you know, those types of things in there so that when somebody does download your media kit, they can just get a general idea of if your you know, content's the right fit for the people they're trying to reach or not. Now, the next thing that you can do is you can do outreach. Now, what the outreach is, is you can, um, uh, you can put together a media kit and you can just start reaching out to some of these companies, right? Like you can reach out to all these 360 camera companies and you can let them know exactly what it is that you do. You can be like, hey, I'm teaching people real estate photography and I would love to feature your products. Um, here's my audience information, blah, blah, blah. Um, you can send me some to test. Um, you can send me some, you know, to keep whatever. I'll make some videos for it. Or we can, you know, work out some type of like long-term arrangement on the channel to where I continually bring attention to, you know, your products because I already have one. I already use it. It's awesome. So I would just love to, you know, work with you in that way. But the idea is to just put yourself on their radar and then have some information about your YouTube channel to where they can get an idea of, of what's going on in your channel and if it's a good fit for them. Now, as part of this, um, YouTube does have a section um, in your YouTube channel where you can download, depending on how big your channel is, to where you can download um, uh, just like, like a, it's a really rough media kit out of there, but I would go and have somebody stylize it, especially, you know, if you're reaching out to some of these companies, you know, they're camera companies, so visual things are important to them. So you wanna make sure that you are, you know, impressing them with, you know, how your stuff looks and all that when they open it up, you know, it represents you in an awesome way, right? So instead of just using the one directly out of YouTube, you have some something that's really cool and polished and just, you know, makes you look like the professional you are, right? So, um, so that's what you want to make sure that you do. And as a heads up, um, if you are already making videos about some of their products, anytime you make one of the videos, make sure that you are following them on every, on every social media platform, make sure that you're engaging with them there. Um, if you are also uploading to those platforms, but make sure that if you do make a video, um, about any of their products or that if you're using their product in your video, make sure that you make a tweet about it, you tag them, um, in your tweet so that, you know, they get notified that, you know, Hey, they're making videos about us. If they have, uh, they will have a presence on LinkedIn. So if you do, then you would want to upload some of those videos or all of those videos natively to LinkedIn as well as you're publishing them and also tag them on LinkedIn. Go ahead and start making those connections on LinkedIn in terms of just following those people or just connecting with the people at the companies that you want to work with. And then by doing all of these things, it's going to put you on their radar. So if they work with creators or not, um, in that case, you know, if they're not working with creators, then if they decide to, or once they decide to, I should say, then, you know, you'll be on their list of people that they could reach out to. If they're already working with creators, next time they start running, you know, campaigns and they're kind of ramping all that stuff up, which would be right around now, by the way, um, then in that particular case, um, you know, you would also be on their radar there. So I would do, uh, I would do all of that. All right. So next up on our list here, we got Jacker Crackers. Love your channel name. Says they do tech content. The goal of the channel is to upload more. And the question is, have you ever broken a bone? If yes, how? Hmm, that's interesting. So this is a non-YouTube question. So when, um, when I was younger, I hopped the fence and I actually shattered the growth plate in one of my ankles. 
And uh, to date, you know what? The day before I did that, I said that I had never broken a bone. So I'm just gonna be clear. Yes, I've broken, I've broken a bone. Without question, I've broken a bone. Um, but that was the last time that I broke a bone and I hope that I don't ever have to do it again because it wasn't a pleasant experience. But yeah, I shattered the growth plate. And um, because of that, you know, I don't know if that, hey D man, you know what, that might be part of the problem I have with my back because that bro that growth plate, maybe I'm a little bit lopsided. That could be causing some of my, uh, my back issues now that, you know, that I'm in the condition that I'm in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, D says that he broke he's broken enough bones for the both of us. And he has. Yeah. Yeah, D actually, for those of you that don't know, he is actually really good um on a skateboard. Like really, really good on a skateboard. Um and snowboard as well. He's like broken bones on skateboards, on snowboards, bicycles. Yeah, he's um he's definitely been through the ringer. So <laughs> next up we got Vlogger Tom. Vlogger Tom says that they do vlogs, urban legends, and paranormal content. The goal of the channel is entertainment and to build a community. And the question is when live streaming, what is the best way to handle when viewers aren't coming in? So there is as little downtime as possible or to bring in more viewers. This is a great question. First, I recommend that you go and you subscribe to the StreamYard YouTube channel. If you just go to YouTube and you go to youtube.com and then you do the at and then StreamYard, it'll take you right there. The reason that I invite you to do that is because I have an entire like multi-year series over there talking specifically about live streaming and YouTube. And we talk in detail about this um, very specific problem on, you know, through my content over there and through some of the other people that make content over there as well. So I definitely make sure you do that, but let's talk about it real quick here too. So when it comes to live streaming and not having anybody in your stream, first, the best thing that you can do is start your live stream, expect nobody to be in there and expect to just make a piece of live content. I'll say it again. So when you are going live, instead of thinking like, hey, this is gonna be like a community hangout, think of it like I'm recording a video live. And when you shift to that, then what's going to happen is you are going to approach it in a different way. Because if you're expecting people to come in and you're wanting people to come in, you know, right then, then, you know, you'll be streaming. You're like, oh man, nobody's here yet. Or like, man, I did a whole stream and I had like, you know, a person show up or something like that. And you know, it might bother you. However, if you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a piece of content live and I'm just gonna focus on the content, but I'm gonna be mindful. You know, if anybody says anything in the chat, I'm just gonna say, hey, or, you know, mention it real quick, but I'm gonna focus all of my efforts on just making a really good piece of content that would be awesome if somebody clicks on it after the live stream is over, okay? And I know that sounds a little bit backwards, but the idea here is that you are creating the awesome content that people will want to be a part of as they stumble across it later, okay? That's the idea. So what you wanna make sure that you're doing is that when your stream starts, you just come in, you go for it, right? You just come in and you start and you just start giving the content. If you're playing a game, come in, start playing that game. If you're doing your vlog, start vlogging. If you're doing an urban uh, legend or you're talking about paranormal stuff, come in and just start talking about it. Just like I do in this live stream, you can watch it on the replay to see how I start it. Um, but the idea is as soon as I hit the live button, I go. And if nobody were to show up, I could keep going and I could, it wouldn't be a three hour stream, but I would, you know, keep going for a little bit and I would just deliver some content that would be good, you know, at least on the replay. And I'm prepared to do that in the event that, you know, nobody ends up, you know, dropping a question in the form or whatever the thing is. So because of that, 
you also want to be prepared like that and you want to just kind of change the approach that you have and keep in mind when it comes to live streams another thing that you can do is you can do short live streams to give people a taste of what it is that you might do in the longer ones and you can kind of build up to the longer ones so you can see this in example you can see this uh, example on my channel because i have my news segments that I'm doing that are like 10 minutes long. I've got my monetization stream that I'm doing where I'm reviewing um, YouTube channels and showing people how they can monetize their content um, that I did last Tuesday and I'll be doing more. So make sure you subscribe if you want in on that, if you are not already. Um, but those are an hour. And then I have these that I go for three hours long. Plus, you know, I drop videos and, you know, all of that stuff too. So with all of those things, I'm just using, you know, what's available in different ways in order to add value to you guys. So what you want to think about when it comes to live streaming is like, even if nobody's there, I'm going to come in, I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to pretend I have a thousand people watching. And if you do that, eventually you'll get to the point where you have a hundred people watching, 200 people watching, 300 people watching, 400 people watching, maybe you'll be one of those channels where you have 100,000 people watching one of your streams, I'm not sure. But you wanna make sure that you're coming in and that you're approaching it with that, you know, with that, uh, with that approach <laughs> so that you can, you know, give it your all and make sure that if somebody sees it on the replay, they're gonna think to themselves like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna be there for that, right? Um, let's see here, next up on the list here. We've got Astude Mathematica. What's going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. Think Art. Nice to uh, see you in here. So uh, let's see here. Iron Wolf. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Horology Biology says that they do educational and entertainment content, the Golda Channels, to provide detailed information on watch reviews and watch repair tutorials. The question is, why does YouTube dump my videos? This is going to be good. As an example, my last video went great. I was gaining subscribers from it every few minutes. The watch time and views are way above average. Click-through rate was good. Viewing over 30 seconds was around 79. Um, but after around 12 hours, the video was dumped, then flatlined. I see this happen a lot and I don't understand why. It feels that I can only be successful with banging out a new video and then everything is static until the next video is created and uploaded. Please advise. Okay, so here's the thing. So when you first publish your content, and this is important for all of us to get really familiar with because it solves this problem. When you see this, and you're like, oh my God, what happened? So when you first publish your videos on YouTube, their system shows your videos. So if you think of it like, um, like a, um, uh, we'll, we'll say like a, um, we'll just say a ball, right? So, or a balloon. So initially your balloon's really small and th that's the people that YouTube is showing your content to is this really small balloon of people, right? And then based on how those people respond to it, that balloon expands a little bit. And if those people in that initial balloon version, if they expanded, if they responded just awesome, like off the charts, then it's going to expand like faster and quicker, right? But based on how that next group responds to it as the as the group that is seeing your video gets a little bit bigger those people are also likely to enjoy your content but they're not as likely as the initial people that they were showing it to right because those are like the you know most hardcore people that were on the platform like you know right after you publish the video or whatever and then as that group gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the people seeing it, even though they are qualified in some way based on their system, as that balloon gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you start moving into different audiences that are less and less of a perfect match for your content. So what can happen is initially the video is doing awesome right out of the gate. This just happened to me too. This just happened on the video that I published uh, Thursday. But the video is doing great right out of the gate for you know your for the people that are the most likely to enjoy it. But then 
once it starts getting into the audiences that are just a little bit outside of, you know, the people that are like really loving it, once it starts getting outside of there, those people, for whatever reason, because they're just not as good of a fit for it, they're just not responding to it as well. And because of that, everything kind of slows down and then it will go to the point where you're still getting views, you know, it's coming in, but it's just not coming in at the rate that it does after you first publish the video at first, just because of, you know, the people not responding as well. Now, keep in mind, that does not mean that once your video just keeps going, like let's say, you know, two weeks later or a month later or three months down the road, that does not mean that YouTube won't find another one of these groups for it and test it against them. And then when they do, if they respond great to it, because it's a whole other group of users, if they respond great to it, then that entire process can kind of, I don't want to say start over because that's not what's happening, but it's more of like, if they start responding to it, then YouTube will keep testing against more people that use YouTube like they do, which then if they find that perfect fit for it, then that's where you'll see videos just out of nowhere, just blow up on YouTube. And by blow up, I mean, they went from getting, you know, like a few hundred views to getting like thousands and thousands of thousands of views a day um, for like a long time to come, just because, you know, YouTube just happened to nail the audience and it was just a perfect fit with the content and the time and everything else that's involved. So um, so make sure that you're thinking about that when you do see it kind of die out. Um, but keep in mind that initial performance is great for getting the video going and feeding YouTube with data on who is a good, who is and isn't a good fit for the content. But at the end of the day, the long-term performance of the video isn't necessarily dependent on how people are responding to it, you know, right after you publish the video for long-term. Brian G. Johnson in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Brian says, trigger engagement and win. Renee Ritchie says, counterintuitive to a lot of creators, but CTR and, and average view duration typically go way down as videos go from, oop, that just jumped up. Typically go way down as videos go from core to casual audience. Um, casual audience, that's a great way to, to put that. Thank you. I'm gonna start using that language. <laughs> says, um, if they don't, you may, have, uh, you may have a video that your core loves, but it lacks casual appeal. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, I, lo I love how you actually frame that. That's fantastic. Um, and he also mentions that making videos for your core audience also is not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that adds some, you know, a layer of clarity to that because that is something that, you know, people talk about, you know, all over the internet, same exact problem in terms of like, hey, you know, I published my video, started going great, all my metrics were awesome, and then it just fell off, right? So other things to think about as well when it comes to that, like if you have an established channel is, go, this is another one where your traffic sources report comes in really handy because, you know, right out of the gate, you might find that like your subscribers are just like loving the video, but like people that aren't already interacting with your content, they're just not responding to it as much. And when you notice that, then, you know, you can go in and make some changes, you know, at that point when you, uh, when you notice that's happening. Um, architectural sheet metal one-on-one, -on -one. what's going on? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Welcome to the stream today. They do daily content. They do shoot sheet metal tutorials. The goal of the channel is to educate anyone interested in sheet metal. Question, when will YouTube make mobile live chat a better experience? It's so hard to mention people with their at creator name. I have to spell it out letter for letter. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I want them to fix that as soon as they possibly can as well. Um, I actually don't participate in a lot of live streams because of that. Like if I'm on my phone, if I'm like hanging out, like, let's say I'm like laying in bed and I'm just kind of like, hey, what's going on YouTube? Anybody that I'm watching, you know, are they live or anything? And like, I'll go in and I'll hang out. I'll like listen, but it sucks because I can't really participate because it's a pain to participate if, you know, I start tagging people. And, and in my case, like in some cases, you know, some of the content that I watch is also, you know, within 
the space that I'm in. And, you know, maybe some of you guys are there. So what will happen is I'll go in and this is just, you know, maybe this is just a personal problem I got to get over, but like, I'll go in and then, you know, I'll be like, oh, hey, you know, uh, hey, I'll make, uh, I'll mention something about something that the streamer said. And then like, if some of you guys are in there, maybe you guys will start tagging me and then I'll feel like a jerk because I can't tag everybody back, right? So I'll have to say like, hey, I'm on mobile, so I can't tag everybody, right? But, uh, but you know, like that side of things, I also really hope that they get that, you know, taken care of to make it a, a better uh, a better experience. Flash in your pan, what's going on? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Stranger Times Paranormal, welcome to the stream. Good afternoon, exploring with Nug. Says, dude, I just came across something odd. Don't have the option to post a community post on my desktop. What happened? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not sure um, what's going on there in terms of um, exploring with Nug. So exploring with Nug, what I recommend that you do is um, hop on Twitter if you have a Twitter account. And if all of you guys don't have Twitter accounts, create one for this reason. They have um, staff, if you go to at team YouTube, then you know when you have problems like that, you can just shoot them a tweet and then um, you know they can either send you to the right help document for it or they can you know look at it or whatever the thing is. So, um, so in your case, exploring with Nug, I recommend that you uh, create a Twitter account if you don't have one or log into your Twitter account if you do and then shoot at team YouTube a tweet and let them know that you are having, um, let them know that you are having that issue and then hopefully they'll be able to let you know that there's a bug happening or that, you know, that there might be, you know, a help document that they can send you to that might be able to help you out there. Um, let's see here. Brandon's Recovery TV. What's going on? Hope that you are doing fantastic as well. What's happening? Okay, so David, uh, David Matney says, Nick, I currently publish twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday. Is that too close together or should I publish Tuesday and Saturday? Thanks. So what you wanna do is you wanna look at your, um, if you have audience information inside of your YouTube channel, which you should, um, you should see when your viewers are online most and you wanna publish around the times when they are online the most. So the thing that I like to do when I'm like limited in time and I'm not publishing as much is I'll look to see like, okay, if I publish on like a Wednesday, then in that case, you know, viewers are typically online more like later in the week. So then therefore, you know, I just have more activity for you guys being online, like, you know, for the next like few days. So because of that, I'll publish, you know, right as the, um, right as I start to get into the purple, uh, you know, on that graph. And then because of that, I'm catching the time on that day. And then hopefully, as long as everybody responds well to the video, as long as I've done my job, then hopefully YouTube will continue to show it to people, um, you know, at in mass as the, uh, you know, as the next few days go on as well. So um, I would definitely use that particular data to look at that. If you don't have that information yet on your channel, Another thing to think about um, in your case is in terms of the time to publish, just think about the lifestyles that the people that live that you're trying to reach because you do this for business. So think about the lifestyle of, you know, the people that you're trying to reach when they're starting their day, when they would be at work, when they would have time to actually consume the content. Um, in addition to that, also um, think about, you know, like if you do publish Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, you know, with the people that you're trying to reach, would it be better in your particular case to publish on like a Monday um, so they're starting their week and then maybe like a Friday as they start heading into the weekend or maybe a Saturday for some of the people that are just kind of hanging out on the weekend and looking to go look at houses or something like that, right? <laughs> so um, in your particular case, I would consider, you know, that sort of thing because 
On a Tuesday and Thursday, both of those are in the middle of the week. So the lifestyle that somebody would be living on both of those days would probably be relatively similar. So in your case specifically, um, if it was mine, if I had a real estate channel and I was just publishing twice a week, I would probably consider um, publishing one of those on the weekend, even if it was a Friday instead of a Saturday, even if it was on a Friday, just for the sake of, you know, those people that are just kind of lounging around on the weekend um, to give yourself, you know, the opportunity to hit, you know, both versions of the people that you're trying to reach. Um, and you're a member. So, you know, if you have any questions on that, or, you know, if you need to, you know, feedback on your graph or anything like that, you can just drop it in the Facebook group and just make sure you, um, tag me. Crosscut creators. What's going on, Aaron? Hope you're doing fantastic. Thank you for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we just did a, uh, we just did a podcast, uh, with him, uh, just the other day. So I'm looking forward to, uh, that coming out. Nice to see you in the chat, man. So, uh, let's see here. Next up on the list. Let me make sure that I answered, uh, Sheet metal here. Okay, we talked about the mobile experience there. Yeah, I'll be super excited to make a video about that one when they roll that one out. <laughs> La Fashionista Chick says they do fashion content. The goal of the channel is to give fashion tips and entertainment. The question is, I have 350 subscribers, but only like five people answer the polls in the community tab. Is that normal? How can I use the community tab to create a community? So you're off to the, a good start. So how communities start is they start with five people answering, right? And then the next thing you know, you'll have, you know, you might make a few posts, and you might have three people or two people and then five again, and then six. And then what you're going to notice is over time, now you'll have 10 people, 15 people that are starting to interact. And some posts that you make, you'll have, you know, a lot more people interact than others. So one thing that I recommend, um, since you are doing polls specifically, um, is, you know, just kind of work on the actual, you know, polls that you're asking in terms of very specific questions, make them simple. Don't give them a ton of options, just give them like two or three different options. So it's just easier on their side to engage with it. In terms of the question for your poll, also make it something that is more general, that would apply to a larger you know, amount of your audience and try to make it about them and not about you if possible. So how that would work is instead of asking them something that maybe you should do for your YouTube channel, ask them something about something that they might care about related to fashion, right? Like, hey, do you guys wear more, uh, you know, do you wear more shorts or like long pants, right? <laughs> As you can probably tell by that statement, I'm not a fashion person, but you know, you get the idea. So, uh, um, but you know, all communities, they start. And just as a heads up in terms of like, you know, five people answering, is it normal? I don't know because everything's different on every single YouTube channel because every audience is different. Every creator is different. Every channel is different. So because of that, one thing that I just want to encourage you with is that, you know, the fact that you have five people is a great start because, you know, if you can have five people engaging with what it is that you're doing and that's all organic in terms of it's not like your friends and family members, then in that case, if you can, you know, if you can, you know, get five people digging what it is that you're doing, then you can get 50, then you can get 500, then you can get 5,000 and so on. So you're on the right path. You just have to, you know, kind of work through the time of, you know, right now where you're getting five until the time that you hit, you know, 50 or, you know, a hundred or more. So the, thing that I'm trying to tell you is just kind of, you know, buckle in, make some content, continue making awesome content for your viewers. And um, just remember that YouTube is a, you know, uh, a, a marathon, uh, not a sprint. So when it comes to, you know, growing your audience, you also have to make sure that you are keeping that perspective as well. Um, because, you know, people in most cases, it does happen randomly. But um, in most cases, content creators don't go from, you know, like 350 subscribers to like a million subscribers overnight. That usually takes, you know, years in a lot of cases. In some cases, you know, some people will do it in an extremely short amount of time, but 
that entire thing is a process. And it's usually a process of a lot of video content, to process of a lot of mistakes that you make along the way, to process of a lot of wins and good decisions that you've made along the way. But it's a, it's just a, a a process that you go through that that will you know grow your community over time. Speak English with this guy. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure that um, when you get the chance that you go to NimminVIP.com. That is our members only Facebook group. Fill out all the information on the way in because that is how I verify that you are a channel member um, when you get over there. So if you can do that before the stream is over today, then I will go ahead and get you. Um, I'll get you in there as soon as the stream is complete today. So next up, we've got to take if a sip. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Okay, Arctic Elite is the next channel that we have here on our list. Um, they do gaming content. How many gamers do we have in here? If you're a gamer, just say me. Um, but they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to be consistent. And the question is how to upload consistently. This is a great question. Um, so when it comes to uploading consistently, it really comes down to you prioritizing doing the thing. And I know that's probably not the answer that you want to hear. However, okay, so we got a decent amount of gamers in here. Nice. So when it comes to uploading consistently, consistently, consistency on YouTube is more than just uploading videos because when you're consistent on YouTube, you are consistently making content. You're consistently planning your content. You're consistently interacting with your viewers. You're consistently doing all of the things that you need to do as a content creator. So when it comes to consistency, it looks like I'm freezing again from time to time. Um, when it comes to consistency, the most important thing is actually working the process of creating content into your lifestyle. So what happens is in a lot of cases, you know, people will, you know, look at their time that they have over the course of, you know, a week or a month or whatever. And when you look at all the time that you're spending, so for example, D and I, we were at Starbucks the other day and we were talking about something and, um, and we pulled up our screen time so that we could just kind of see, you know, like where we're spending our time there, um, like when we're on our phones. And that was really insightful for both of us in terms of just, you know, some places where we're, you know, spending, you know, a decent amount of time. So a lot of us are in that same case to where, you know, we might be taking a lot of actions throughout our day to day that we're not really paying much attention to how much time they actually take to where, you know, like, for example, the amount of time that you spend watching, you know, content on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, right? Um, that con that time that you spend watching that content, if you put your phone down, that gives you a lot more time to make content instead of consuming it. So even, you know, for those of you that are participating here, same exact thing, you know, like, like hanging out here, you know, you're learning something, which is a win. But at the same time, if you're struggling with consistency, the time that you hang out here, I would much rather you make a video for somebody that's struggling with consistency. If you got your consistency, down, no big deal. Stay, stay. No, I'm just kidding. But um, if you if you have your consistency down, it's no big deal. But if you're struggling with your consistency, then like you should stop watching this right now and start working on your next video. And if you already have your next video finished and you're struggling with consistency, then in that case, you should start working on the video that's going to come after that. Because if you're inconsistent, then you know then you're going to have to end up making that video anyway, and you might not be able to do it. But right now, you have the time to do it, so you should do it now. So the idea is, if you have consistency problems, then you need to figure out places in your lifestyle in order to do each different aspect of what it is that you do around making your content. So depending on the type of content that you make, what you wanna do 
is you wanna write down every part of your process. Okay, so I come up with video ideas. What do I do to come up with video ideas? Okay, I look on this, I look on this, I sit around, I stare out the window, like whatever your process is for coming up with video ideas, write that down. Write down you know, your research for those video ideas, write down your actual recording time, write down your editing time, You know all those things, and start writing down exactly what it takes you to do all those things. And then start looking at how you are spending your time throughout your week. Um, as Sean Cannell was on here uh, last week, I think it was, or the weekend before, because I had my dental problem last week. So um, when he was on here before, somebody asked a similar question and he recommended doing a time audit, which is you know the, the thing that you would call what I'm getting ready to say. But basically throughout your week or throughout the month, you track, okay, every day, this is what I'm doing with my time. And then by doing that, you're gonna start noticing like, hey, I'm spending way too much time on Netflix or this hour per day that I'm spending on Netflix is like seven hours a week. I could make like, you know, seven videos or I could make three videos or two videos or another video during that time. And then you have to start thinking to yourself what's most important. And this is the big one that a lot of people, uh, you know, are like, yeah, I'd rather watch Netflix, right? And that's okay, that's fine. But if you're like, hey, I want to do the YouTube thing, I wanna take it serious, I wanna turn my YouTube channel into a thing and all that, then in some cases it's gonna cause you to you know, have to sacrifice some of those things for a period of time in order to make sure that you can still do this, in order to create space for you to do the things that you need to do in order to get the thing going that you're trying to get going, right? So consistency is hard on YouTube. Like, um, you know, like on my channel, I think this right here makes my 600th piece of content on this channel. And that does not include the videos that I've deleted off of this YouTube channel because I've deleted a decent amount of content off of here too. That also does not include the content that I've made for other channels. That doesn't include, you know, any collaborations I've done on other channels, anything like that. So, Consistency is hard. Like I know it's hard. And sometimes you may or may not drop the ball depending on how, you know, organized you are or whatever, just how important it is to you. But if it is something that you're like, hey, I want to turn this into something, then in that case, you need to find that place and you need to make sure that you're paying attention to where it is that your time's going and you know exactly how much time it takes you to put your content together so that you can make sure that you're finding places in your schedule over the course of, of each week or over the course of the month to get the content out that you need to get out. Great question though, loved it, loved it. So next up on our list here, um, we've got Adventures with Time. So Adventures with Time says they have they are a watch enthusiast. The goal of the channel is to educate and share info and um, with other watch enthusiasts. The question is, I took your recent info and playlist to heart and I've been reworking all of my playlists. Okay, really quick, what they're talking about here. So we've like, Playlists have been on YouTube for a really long time. We've been talking about the importance of playlists forever, um, but YouTube just recently started showing playlists underneath the videos of some channels. This is a huge opportunity for you to amplify the views that you're getting on your YouTube channel. So through, you know what, I mentioned this in the news segment that I did yesterday, so go and watch that, because um, it gives you more details. We, you know, we talk more in depth of it, um, uh, about it, but because of this feature, everyone here should be thinking of, what am I gonna do with my playlists on my YouTube channel? How can I start using these playlists to make it easy for people to find more of the content they care about on my channel, right? And the reason you wanna do this is because, you know, right now, the fact that YouTube is prioritizing links into playlists with this new feature that, you know, they're rolling out, that tells us 
that, you know, it's going to be even more important to drive people in there. And it's going to be more important for us to be a little bit more strategic about how we're using our playlists, right? So because of that, um, you want to make sure that you are thinking in depth about what you're going to do about your playlist. But to continue on with this, says, I took your recent info and playlist to heart. I've been reworking on my playlist. Is there any issues with having a specific video and multiple playlists, two or even up to five playlists? For example, a video I have on a specific watch may be included in one, divers watches, two, watches under $1,000, three, watches from Germany, et cetera. Um, also, how should we order the videos in our playlist, most popular, most recent, or others? So what you want to think about is um, a girl and her passport. We are answering that question right now here as well uh, in terms of how many playlists should a video be in. So um, so the, um, okay, so let's break down playlists. So when it comes to a playlist, on YouTube, any video on YouTube can be on in, in you know, as many playlists as, as anybody wants to put them in. Um, however, on your channel, when you're putting playlists together of your content, you can also put your content into as many playlists on your channel as you would like. There isn't a limit, that, at least that I'm aware of, um, in terms of how many videos or how many playlists a video can go into. However, there is a feature that a lot of content creators don't know about. So, you know, you may or may not know about this feature. So I'm going to share it just in case. But um, YouTube has an option for every playlist to where you can choose to mark that playlist as a series playlist. Now, if you mark it as a series playlist, what happens is you are telling YouTube by marking that playlist is a series playlist, you're telling YouTube that all of the videos in that playlist are related to each other in some way. And by doing this, you're increasing the likelihood of YouTube recommending other content in that playlist next to other content in that playlist. And as part of that, you are limited to one video only being allowed into one series playlist on YouTube, okay? So you have the regular playlist and then you have the series playlist. Your regular playlist, as many videos as you want, a video can be as in many of those as you want. You can even have a video in a series playlist and a bunch of regular playlists, no problem, but it can only be in one series playlist. So this is where, when I, when I say be strategic about your playlists, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So when you're putting your playlist together, instead of just saying like, okay, I'm just gonna make a playlist about whatever, start thinking, okay, I'm gonna start making playlists of like, you know, three to five videos, maybe five to 10, depending on how long my videos are. Um, but it's all going to be based around, you know, my idea of how much time people can spend watching my content maybe in a session, right? So you're gonna start putting these playlists together and some playlists, you know, they can be really long ones. Like for example, all of your watches under a thousand, you can totally do that, no problem at all. Um, but what you wanna start thinking of is you wanna start thinking of series playlists that are just, you know, a few videos, like three to five videos or so. And on those, you wanna start thinking, okay, these videos that I'm publishing, these are all going to go into this series playlist. These are all going to go into these series playlists. And these series playlists are going to be playlists that you're going to be driving a lot of traffic into intentionally because you're going to want to make those connections between people watching, you know, videos in that series next to each other. So you're going to be actively trying to get people to watch that playlist. You're going to actively be um, trying to, you know, refer people into that playlist, even from content that isn't within that playlist, right? You're going to be driving traffic there. So you 
you can create that experience of people watching video A, then video B, then video C, so that hopefully YouTube will end up recommending some of those together, uh, some of those next to each other based on the natural flow that people are having as they're consuming that content as long as they're enjoying it. So you wanna think about your playlist from that angle in terms of these are gonna be my series playlists that I'm going to be driving traffic into, but then I'm also going to make some general playlists based around the content that people want from me. So for example, in this case, I'm categorically going to break down all of the watches that I've that that I have under $1000. I'm going to put all of those into one playlist. So if somebody's looking for a watch under $1000, they can just go and they can skip through all this video until they find the watch that's perfect for them, right? So the same exact thing goes for the watches from Germany. So if you have somebody that's in there and they're like, "Hey, I just want a German watch. I've got, you know, all these other watches. I don't have a German one yet. I'm going to watch all these videos until I figure out the the perfect German watch for me," right? Um so you want to make sure that you have your your specific series playlists that are just a short amount of videos. And then you wanna have the longer videos that are just kind of helping contain your content into um, playlists based around the things that people come to your channel for. That's the idea. And keep in mind that when it comes to playlists, when you do create those new URLs on YouTube, that's a that's a win. So what can happen is with playlists, those can also show up in YouTube search. Those can um, 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 uh, those can show up in YouTube search. Those will show up on your channel page. If you add them as sections, they'll show up on your playlist page if people are looking for them there. Um, and sometimes they'll get recommended as well. So because of that, you do not want to overlook playlists because they're amazing for creating an awesome viewer experience of taking people through a series of content. Um, so for example, one thing that can happen with playlists is if you're driving traffic into a playlist and let's say people start at that video one, a really cool thing that can happen is you can actually watch traffic fall off. So a lot of times in my videos, you'll see me pin a playlist in my comment section. And, and you'll also see that same playlist, you know, at the end of my video in some cases. So what will happen is when I publish that video, you guys are coming in and I think about, okay, if they're watching this video, then what would be the next logical video or playlist that would make the most sense for them to watch? So in that particular case, I'll mention that in the end screen, hey, go watch that. And then it'll be down in the pinned comment section as well. And what I can do is once I publish that video, once that video gets a decent amount of views, I can go look at the stats for those videos and you'll see that top one will get Get, you know, a decent amount of views. The next one in that playlist will also get like okay views, but then you'll see people, you know, falling off as they go through the playlist. So it's without question, extremely effective. And everybody here should start using those on a, um, on a regular basis. Hope all that made sense. <laughs> cause I talked a lot about playlists there. So I hope that it made sense, but yeah, don't miss out on playlists. Cause if you, if you're especially really quick, just a beat this playlist thing a little bit more. If you are somebody that's trying to get into the YouTube partner program, driving people into playlists and thinking about, instead of thinking, what's my next video, thinking what's my next series or what's my next series playlist gonna be, if you start thinking that way, then you'll start creating your content in a way that's going to make sense for people to binge watch your content, okay? So when you're trying to get into the partner program, you can ask yourself this question, right? Just answer this for me in your own head. Is it more valuable to you in terms of collecting views, watch time, and subscribers for people to watch one of your video or for people to watch three of your videos back to back, right? So that's why you wanna make sure that you're thinking about playlists because it's way more valuable. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil this for, for anybody that, that just showed up, but getting people to watch more than one video is definitely the win because then you're stacking up your watch time, you're stacking up your view counts, you're also stacking up the possibility of that person subscribing to your YouTube channel because they're enjoying your content and, 
if people are watching multiple videos back to back on your YouTube channel, then that's also increasing the likelihood of YouTube showing them more of your content, either from your past library and or new content that you publish on your YouTube channel because they are proving to YouTube through watching multiple videos on your YouTube channel that they are enjoying your content. And that's what YouTube wants. So because of that, make sure that you're paying attention to playlists, make sure that you're using them, make sure that you start um, like really thinking through the content that you're publishing and how it's gonna work in the playlists. What's the black book on your desk? Um, let's see here, which desk? So here in front of me, this is a tablet. Um, that's not a book. The books that I have on the desk, these are, uh, let's see here. This is Roberto Blake's book, Create Something Awesome. I've got links to all these in the description. This is Sean Cannell and Benji Travis's book, YouTube Secrets. This is version two, just in case the, in case you guys don't know about uh, version two being out. Uh, it's the updated version, new information in there. This one, Brian G. Johnson's book called Tube Ritual, teaches you how to get your first 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. And this one is Daryl Eve's YouTube Formula. Um, this one is a fantastic book. This one is actually forwarded by uh, Mr. Beast. Um, but this one is about how anybody can unlock the algorithm to drive views, build an audience, and grow revenue. But those are the books that are uh, that are here on the desk. If you're talking about on the, the desk in the back, you're probably seeing my Wacom tablet um, back there is my guess. Wacom tablet back there. And if you're looking at that side, it's my MacBook. It's not a, uh, it's not a book. So is it a, Dear Dana says, um, is it a big no to use YouTube free music to open a live stream? Um, so when it comes to YouTube's um, music, you can if you want. Um, I have a video on my YouTube channel I just put out um, about their creator music service that they just started, you know, talking about where you can use like popular music. I would be cautious about that. I'd at least watch that video and inform, you know, inform yourself on the risks involved with it. Rob from vidIQ, he also made a, a similar um, video as well um, to where, you know, you can just get insights from either one on how, um, you know, just the risks involved because YouTube put this out and, you know, at the surface level, it's awesome, right? Because it's like, holy cow, I can use like, you know, popular music in my in my videos, this is great. But then when you start looking into the fine print, and this is where YouTube usually drops the ball, the fine print. But when you start looking in the fine print, it's not as good as it seems like, uh, you know, on the surface, because, you know, like for every song that you're using, it cuts deeper and deeper into your revenue right out of the gate. You have YouTube taking their 45% and then you split the 55%, you know, with the, um, you know, with the service, if you're doing the rev share, like right out of the great or right out of the gate. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, yeah, thank you, Richie. Uh, thank you, Renee Richie for that one. Um, says creator music actually isn't even intended for live streams. That's another part in the five print, the fine print is you actually can't even use creator music in um in live streams but what you might be talking about dana is you might be talking about their um their youtube audio library so for that yes you can um use those those will also eventually be moved over to creator music to my understanding um but you can use um those for like intros things like that on youtube um but keep in mind that if you are um using those you do not have permission to use those off of YouTube um, from uh, the YouTube audio library. So because of that, people will use our service, creatormix.com. Um, I've got a link to that down in the description um, and other you know, free music services and other paid music services all the way across the internet um, in order to, you know, in order to be able to make like, you know, like hype up intros and like things like that for their live streams. 
Um, Durf. Tinkerman Mick. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Um, Durf says, my weight loss channel is being recommended on competitive eating channels. This is not helping my growth. Any thoughts? Interesting. So is it like primarily getting recommended there? Yeah, like um, I'm not sure like the content that you're, you know, the, like the specific content that you're putting out on your channel, but I would just be really careful about how you're, you know, like framing, you know, um, framing things in terms of your thumbnail and your title and the very specific topics that you're talking about, because those things in terms of the words that you put in your title, the, the, the actual topic, the video, things like that, those can impact where you get recommended. But also keep in mind, the recommendations are personalized on YouTube. So even, our, even though there are some like general spots that will still show up, um, um, the, like if, if I go and I were to watch your YouTube channel, then I would probably see some like YouTube help content there. I'd probably see some stuff teaching me about some like music stuff. I would probably see some stuff about, you know, uh, you know, like, like, uh, um, uh, like Graham Stephan, you know, talking about, you know, everything's on fire, like that kind of stuff. So just something to keep in mind is that YouTube does show your content to people in some cases just based on where they are. So because of that, you could be getting some of that traffic from somebody watching some of your weight loss stuff, but then they could be watching some of that for like entertainment or, you know, they could just be into that, but they might be using your content to kind of help them get the weight off. I mean, I don't know, but just keep in mind in terms of how the, you know, how the recommendation systems work. Um, a lot of that is customized to where, um, to where the traffic that you might be seeing from those other channels, it could just be from that but if it's high volume in terms of like i'm just getting crushed from traffic here i'm in the like next up spots there um then in that particular case i would just start looking at how you're how you're actually framing your content from the outside or how you're packaging it up um and the specific topics that you are talking about because that can also help connect you to other content on youtube um let's see that's a very unique um issue by the way um just in terms of like a, a unique problem um, for, for that one. That's interesting that, that it's putting you in like the opposite. You know, I, I find that, um, interesting. So instead of it putting you next to other weight loss channels, it's putting you next to competitive eating channels. Yeah. That definitely seems like it's working in the wrong direction there. Um, adventures with time says that they are, Oh, we did this one already. Oh man. I'm getting all like, uh, this thing's getting all buggy again. Let's see here. Okay, so we got Adventures of Time. Go to the next one. Okay, so next up on our list here, we've got Keep Pressing, Keep Praising, and they do gospel music ministry. The goal of the channel is to minister to others through uplifting gospel music. The goal, or the question is, is it better to create a new channel rather than adding a different niche such as music instructional type videos to my current channel? Yeah, so what you want to think about, um, freaking awesome. Thank you for being a member for 17 months, man. Super appreciated. So when it comes to um, putting or coming, having this decision to where you're like, hey, should I start a new channel for this new type of content I'm going to put out? What you want to think about is the people that are interacting with the channel itself. So the idea here is if you have a channel right now where they are listening to music and the entire channel is them listening to gospel music on your YouTube channel, then the people that are listening to it is going to be a totally different type of viewer than the person that's going to be wanting to learn how to make it. So because of that, I would start a new channel for the instructional videos on how to make the music um, and then have your 
current channel as the channel where people can listen to the music. So you're tapping into that type of viewer. And then for the people that are wanting to learn how to make music, then you can have an entire channel that's an entire resource for those people as well. Because the problem is when you start combining them is now you start getting in front of just two completely different types of viewers. Even though there will be some people that will be listening to it, that will be making it, and that will be making it and will also be listening to it, there's going to be a larger amount of people that will just wanna to listen to the music. And there's also going to be a larger amount of people that won't really care about the music just based on their own styles, preferences and all that. And they'll, they're just trying to learn how to do the stuff. So because of that, I would definitely put that on a, on a separate channel. If it was me, do what you wish. But if that was me, I'd put on another channel. Next, we've got My Inspiring Designs. My Inspiring Designs says that they do education and business content, goal of the channels to support event business owners. Support, yeah, event business owners, grow their businesses and funnel them into my coaching program. Question is, what's the best way to transition into a new topic on YouTube? My channel grew from balloon design tutorials, but I wanna create more content around marketing your event business, trying or using YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for your insights. So in that particular case, um, if you were doing balloon design tutorials, it's gonna be the same exact situation as the one that I was just talking about the music. People that are coming in wanting to learn balloon design stuff, gonna be a totally different crowd of people than people that are wanting to learn how to run, how to use uh, social media to grow their entertainment business or their event business. So because of that, I would start a different channel for, the, um, for teaching people how to do the event business. If it was me. Man, this thing is like super buggy today. I wonder if there's like an update I have to do or something. I'm not sure. Oh, did I update my Chrome on this one? I hope so. Man, there was like a, just a heads up. I mean, a, a lot of you probably know this already, but there was a, um, there was a, a, a some type of bug in, uh, in Chrome to where they, um, to where they, were put out this like huge alert. Okay, I'm up to date, Woo. where they put out this huge alert saying that everybody needed to update their Chrome. But yeah, that's not the issue, I'm all good there. Okay, so next up on our list here. Okay, we did that one already. Come on, come on, get up there, come on. Yeah, my Chrome is just like not responding. Okay, top picks for you is our next one here on, the, uh, on our list. And let me click on this really quick because it looks like I have a message over here also. Okay, yeah, I got that one. Thanks, Doug. Okay, so next up we got Movie Reviews Channel is the, um, is the type of channel. And the goal here for this, it's called Top Picks For You. And the goal for this one, if I can get this form to work, okay, there we go, says um, they do the channel just for fun. And then the question is, as of late, my videos are not getting views from the short self, but rather search. Is this a problem because I post only shorts? No, it's not a problem at all. Like if you're getting views from somewhere, then that's what matters, I guess, you know, if that's what you're trying to, to go after. Uh, when you're doing it just for fun, you know, just getting the views from anywhere, you know, that's that's perfectly fine. Like as long as you have some people interacting with your content, then the thing is, you know, being accomplished. So that's a win. Um, if you, you know, of course, want to make sure that you are trying to make better shorts, so it'll perform better in the short shelf um, than YouTube search. But um, I also have a short that uh, I think it's like, I, I was talking to Brian G about this, uh, I think yesterday or the day before yesterday. And the... The one short that I have on my channel, it's got like a hundred and something thousand views on it. That particular um, short, it's like 79% of the traffic is from YouTube search. It's funny. So, um, so you know, super low effort content, just turn it on the phone real quick and be like, hey, this, 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 look at this, look at this. Um, but that particular one did awesome um, in YouTube shorts or YouTube uh, search. Okay, next up, I wonder if it's this form that's giving me these, uh, these issues because it's a totally different browser window. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. 
Yeah, everything's like freezing up on me. This is crazy. Come on, man. Yeah, I think it's my Chrome. I think I might have to reinstall Chrome. Okay, Drew Project. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Nice to uh, nice to see you in here. So uh, let's see here. Drew Project. Drew Project. Give me one second. Let me get this thing moving. Okay. Says the goal of the channel is to go full time. He does music, acoustic covers, and behind the scenes content. The question is, hey Nick, hope you're having a great weekend so far. I am. Thank you very much. Hope that you are as well. So I have a problem with my long form content. Recently, I've been getting a lot more impressions on my videos, thousands as opposed to the hundreds I used to get. The problem is all my impressions are are getting from suggested next to the original songs, artists that I cover, so famous artists. That's okay though. But needless to say, I'm not getting many clicks. It seems pretty obvious to me that people interested in the original songs are really interested in cover versions by a nobody. Definitely the wrong audience. Any idea how to get suggested to a better audience? So in my opinion, it's the per- it's the perfect audience. And it's the perfect audience because they are already into the song that you have. And some of those people would be super interested in a interesting version of that song that is wildly different from, you know, from the other version. So what I would consider if you're getting a lot of impressions like that on a lot of the videos that you're publishing is I would try to do like alternate versions of those. So my brother was telling me about some person on, um, I think it was TikTok, it was either him or Roberto, was telling me about somebody on, I think it was TikTok or YouTube Shorts, but they blew up their channel by doing, um, what was it? It was either acoustic versions of, of really popular songs or... Man, it, it was just like a totally different version of, you know, like very popular music. Um, maybe it was like a lo-fi. That's what it was. It was a lo-fi version of like really popular songs. And this causes, you know, creator to just blow up because they offered something unique. So in your particular case, if that's happening with a lot of your videos, just some food for thought in terms of, you know, being able to tap into, yeah, D says lo-fi versions. So just some food for thought there in terms of being able to tap into, you know, their own audience for that. Um, You know, like if you were watching a video, I know for me, if I was watching like a, like a, like a Willie Nelson video and, and I saw like your video and it had like a lo-fi version of Willie Nelson or like a heavy metal version of of the Willie Nelson song that I was listening to or a hip hop version of the Willie Nelson song I was listening to, I'd be like, oh, I, 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 I like, I got to at least see what this is. Right. So that I, you know, me personally, I would click on that. I don't know if anybody else would, but I would. Um, so, you know, that may or may not be a bad thing, but another thing to consider is, um, I would also think about like the possible frame, like think of offering something a little bit different if you are interested in that. But if you're just kind of remaking the song, then one aspect of that that you got to you know remember is unless the remake is just absolutely outstanding to where everybody that watches it wants to share it, then you are just making another version of that song, right? So you got to make sure that it is something that is extremely unique. I know what you do looks, you know, very unique, but I would try to make it something that is wildly different while being, you know, in alignment with the song itself, if, if you possibly can. But if you think that you are in front of the wrong audience, then in that particular case, I would change how you're actually framing everything with your content because YouTube thinks that that's a good spot for your videos. Um, and if they are giving you impressions there, that's a huge win, man. And the reason it's a huge win is because they are putting you somewhere and they're not just putting you like anywhere, they're putting you next to high volume videos. And that is such a win that I can't even put it into words in terms of the win that is. So what I would start working on is like, hey, my content's showing up here. So what can I do to get people to click on this to at least like come over and participate? So like for the videos that are showing up there, I would start like messing with your thumbnails and titles and trying to like reframe stuff and trying to do things with your thumbnails to try to help them like stand out against the other videos that are getting suggested there 
those types of things um, for the sake of, you know, trying to, you know, tap into that opportunity. Because, you know, when YouTube is giving us impressions on our videos, the system is trying to get people to watch our videos, right? It's like show, not trying to get them to, that's bad, you know, framing there. But basically they're, you know, showing your content there because they think those people are a good spot, you know, or a good match for your videos. So then your job there is like, hey, you know, it's, they're showing me to all these people. Now I just gotta get them to click on what it is that I'm, I gotta get them to click on what it is that I'm doing because you do make good stuff. So, you know, I, I believe that if you can get people clicking into your content from those videos, that they'll enjoy your content, but you just gotta, you know, you just gotta work on the, on the click side of things. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got Protonion. Protonion says that they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is growing an audience and starting live streams for cozy gameplays. The question is, hey, Nick, I hope that you're doing great. I started focusing on these past months, everything around Rumbleverse, new fighting, which is a new fighter game, fighting game to gather an audience around Rumbleverse. The question is, I really want to do live streams, but I don't have much views on my videos yet to start having a small amount of audience. And I'm almost sure that by live streaming, I won't gather more than 10 people, I think. Should I start live streaming or wait a little bit longer to gather more people around my channel? Thanks a lot. In my opinion, I think that you should give live streaming a shot. I mentioned this earlier in the stream as well. If you are somebody that, that is worried about not having a lot of people in your live stream, keep in mind that it's normal. One thing that I didn't mention the last time this came up here um, earlier today in the stream is my very first live stream that I did on my channel. It's still there. Um, on that live stream, it was a thumbnail tutorial. I went live, just like I tell everybody else to do, I went live to make a live piece of content so that I could learn the software that I was using for live streaming so that I could make a video about it, right? But when I did it, I was like, hey, in this in this video, I'm gonna show you how to make a, uh, a, two, uh, a thumbnail in Photoshop. And then I went through the process of showing how to make a thumbnail in Photoshop. That entire stream, while I was live, I, I had like two people come through. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's people in here. Hey, what's going on? Like you, if you go watch that video, you'll see it. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. But I was like, hey, oh my gosh, like what's going on? I got like a couple people in here. Hey, what's up? You know, I'm just doing a thumbnail tutorial right now. Completely threw me off. You know, I was like super excited about it. But I went in to make the video, not to like, you know, be in front of a bunch of people, right? And then after that particular video, I didn't live stream for a while. And then um, there was a feature that came out where you could do it on your phone. I did it there. And then that was a, a, a awesome stream. And it kind of lit me on fire for doing live streams. But, um, you know, when it comes to those first live streams that you do, just keep in mind that you, you know, live streaming is like a skill set within itself. So there's like live streaming where you're hanging out and then there's live streaming where you're actually like delivering some type of value plus entertaining things like that. And since you have a gaming channel, you know, well, very well what I'm talking about. Like if you go on YouTube right now, you look at like the top gamers around the game that you're playing that are live streaming, you're going to see crystal clear exactly what I mean when I say like entertaining plus, you know, engaging plus adding a value, you know, of some type. So because of that, like all of those things are skill sets or muscles that you have to build, so to speak. Um, so because of that, I recommend that if you're worried about not having people show up in your stream, that you show up expecting nobody to even be in the stream. And in order to do that, you can do some fun things too. Like you can cover up, you can take like a post-it note or you can, you know, cover it up with like something else um, to where you don't even see the view count and you just come in and you just like deliver an awesome piece of content. So in your case, you do gaming content. So what you should do 
in my opinion, is just go in, do your normal, you know, thing like you would normally do and practice the art and skill of live streaming and start, you know, working on like, okay, let's imagine I had a thousand people in here, or let's imagine I had a hundred people in here. Like, what would I be doing, you know, at that point in time compared to me coming in here thinking that, you know, I've got like 10 people in here, right? Like, like for whatever number it is in your brain, that would be like big enough for you to like go all in, like start approaching your stream. Like you have that many people watching, even if you have zero people watching. And by doing that, that's going to help you deliver your skill set um, or work on your skill set so that you can create a, a, an awesome stream for people so that one, for the people that come in on the replay, they get to see what they missed so that hopefully they'll show up on the next one. But for the people that, you know, do come in, then, you know, they'll start, you know, enjoying the content because you're giving it your all. And then um, from there, the more you live stream, the better you're going to get at it. And by waiting until you have a certain audience size or something like that, then you're prolonging the start of developing that skill set, right? Because live streaming is much more than just hitting the button and, you know, just going live. So um, because of that, I just recommend that you just kind of go for it. But just think about it like you're making a live piece of content, not that you're like hoping that a bunch of people, I mean, of course, you're going to hope a bunch of people show up. But like you're, you you want to stream like you already have a bunch of people watching, even if you don't have any. Renee Ritchie says 10 people is a dinner party. 20 people is a small club. 100 people is a local theater. Don't think of the number. Think of the people and the recorded um, for the ones that come later. Yeah, when I stream, like when I stream on other channels, um, I typically think about the replay. Like, um, like this here, actually even on my channel. So like these, I don't really depend on the replay that much because like the replay is good and people get a lot of information out of it, but it doesn't really do that awesome on the replay. Um, I mean, it does. It does. Right, like does great on the replay, like depending on, you know, like what numbers, you know, matter. But they, I mean, it, it does do good. But in terms of like, you know, what I would like it to do compared to other content, it just doesn't do that well. So, But I'm cool with that because it's a different type of value that I add here. But the other live streams that I do, um, like my news thing that I do, um, and anytime that I just jump in with, you know, something like an update or something real quick, like those, when I do those streams, I do them for the replay. That's why, like in my news segment, you'll see, for those of you that are watching the news, I'll come in, I'll deliver the news, and I'm like, hey, that's the news, and then I'm out of there. So like you guys get to come in and interact kind of like it's a premiere, but instead of me stopping the whole thing and interacting with everybody and, you know, giving shout outs like that junk man that's hanging out here, for example, um, instead of me doing that type of thing, I just give you the content and then I'm out of there versus, you know, um, you know, making it more of a, of, of a hangout. Um, let's see here. So next up the junk man. Yeah, I actually, um, do upload these as a, uh, podcast. A lot of people don't know it though. Cause I actually don't talk about it that much. Um, but yeah, I, I do have, uh, this show available. So uh, Jack or Cracker, um, we answered one from you earlier. So I'm actually going to skip this one just to give more people the opportunity here. So we got, uh, Malwi Malwix. So, uh, Mal, Malwix. Yeah, that's the, that's the way you say it. They do webmaster tutorials. And the goal of the question says, says I want to make a community and grow my audience aside from making money from advertising fees and affiliates further. For now, I'm focused on growing my audience related to my niche and helping my potential viewers. That's, that's, that's a good approach. Um, the question is, I'd like advice on how many videos or how consistent I should be to grow my channel in 2022 or 2023 faster or make it monetized faster within three to six months or one year from now. Hold on, grow my audience aside from making money. Okay, so in addition to. Okay, so first off, when it comes to the amount of videos that you publish, just the one thing that I want you to keep in mind. 
if you publish too much when you're first getting started, that might not give you enough time, depending on how much time you have available, free time, that might not give you enough time to really sit back and like work on some of the skill development side of things. So because of that, um, you can learn more rapidly if you publish more, as long as you also have time to analyze what's working, plus be watching videos on making thumbnails and that kind of stuff. So you can kind of, or at least researching, you know, what's working on YouTube, you know, by looking at the homepage and the content that's being recommended to you and all that. Um, um, I recommend that you publish enough that you are able to work on your skill sets of being a content creator, but you don't publish so much that it becomes stressful or something that you would uh, not look forward to doing or that it limits your ability to analyze what it is that you are already publishing um, or that it hinders your ability based on time alone to work on skill development and learning more about the platform that you're operating on. So if you can get those things in place, in terms of like, I've got time to publish, you know, like three videos per week. Plus, you know, I can learn on the other days and all that stuff because you don't have other stuff that you're doing. In that particular case, you can upload a lot. And by doing that, you're going to learn a lot faster what works and what doesn't work and all that for your audience compared to somebody that only has time to upload one time per week or every other week. So, you know, when it comes to how often you should upload, it really comes down to the time that you have available, what you're willing to do, what you're trying to accomplish, how important it is to you and things like that. But in terms of growing quickly, one video once a month, if it's just a banger, can do more for you if you like know, you know, if you know how to put it together um, than if somebody makes, you know, a, a video per day, right? So because of that, like it's more dependent on the actual content and how people respond to it than it is how often you upload. But keep in mind, you know, one thing that YouTube does mention, and they mention this in their um, creator tips. If you look in the Google help pages, you'll find this. But in their creator tips, one thing that they do mention is that when you don't upload as much, then it does impact you in the recommendation system. So because of that, just keep that in mind. But a banger video is a banger video, and it doesn't matter. Like as soon as people start responding to it, if the response is off the charts, then more people are going to see that video, even if you haven't uploaded for a month. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. But you do want to make sure that you are uploading enough that you are just keeping the skill sets fresh, especially when you're getting started. Like you want to make sure that you are doing the thing so that you can make sure that you are just kind of working the muscles, you're developing the skill sets, that you're learning the platform, that you are putting out enough content that you can quickly learn what works and what doesn't work so you can know what to double down on, what to abandon, things like that. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, grab a, let's see here. Grab a gamer says, Hey, Nick, been listening to your podcast feed lately. First time watching you live. Thanks for all of your great advice. My pleasure. Glad that you are enjoying the content. I'm guessing you're talking about comments over coffee. I'm going to be publishing to that soon. I've got a bunch of stuff recorded. I just haven't edited it yet. Um, but I'm going to be publishing, um, again to that very soon. Um, especially, you know, as we're sliding into the end of the year. Um, so, uh, just as a heads up for you there, you're going to have a lot more new content, uh, over there as well, but welcome to the stream. Daniel Batal in the house. What's up, my man? Says, uh, members get to post milestone chat messages. Here's mine. Hit the like button already, would you? If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. But that message is for you guys. Hit the like button. Smash the like button. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So we got Milwaukee's taken care of. Next up on our list. Oh, you know what? There was actually more to that question. Sorry, Milwaukee's. Let me, let me go back to that. So let's see here, that was the first part. And then we have also, since you already know my channel, Niche, um, I'd also like advice, um, is a buy me a coffee link, um, is it okay to offer instead of making a service to offer, even if I'm still starting out, need to focus on prov providing valuable content instead of growing my audience. 
So having a buy me a coffee link in your description is a very passive way to just make it available, right? You're creating the opportunity for somebody to donate if they want to, right? So because of that, if you're giving web design tutorials, you're going to be helping people, you know, solve that problem. Some people are going to be appreciative enough that they're going to want to buy you a coffee. So having that available for the people that do is definitely something that you want to do. Um, you might get people doing it on a regular basis. It might take you, you might get one every few months, whatever. But if you have it available, then you're creating that opportunity for yourself to where people can contribute to it. Um, let's see here. And then the next part of this, I'm still starting it out. Need to focus. Okay, we got that. Um, so here, one last, um, can you make a video on how to do, how to make a good transition for your videos using Camtasia? Because I'm, pl I'm planning to buy a Camtasia video editor and please do send your affiliate link for that. So you can, or so I can use your link uh, when I buy soon. So, um, you can go into any of my Camtasia videos. Those will have, um, that particular link, but for the transition, it's really easy. All you need to do is just have like some, um, some images for it, bring those images, or you can actually draw shapes inside of Camtasia. You can use that to draw the shapes. And then all you do is use their animation animation tool to just have them, you know, slide around in whatever way it is that you want. Um, and then you'll be good to go on the transition. In addition to that, they have a bunch of built-in transitions as well um, to where, you know, you can have all kinds of dissolves happening and things where stuff's sliding around and all kinds of really cool stuff too. There's a lot of really awesome things inside of um, Camtasia. So next up, we've got the KMH family. KMH family does lifestyle content. The goal is to inspire, motivate, and entertain. The question is, hey, Nick, I hope that you're having a great day. In regards to the shoppable tags that you can add to items in your video, how do you think the majority of brands would feel about this? Meaning, if it's a sponsored video, should we not use the shoppable tags in the video? We've received a partnership offer for multiple videos with one or more item tagged in the video for a six-month partnership, but we do a lot of sponsored videos so I just wanna make sure that won't interfere with our video sponsorships. So all you have to do is disclose this to the companies that you're working with. So in your negotiations or just like when you're, you know, building those relationships with them, if you have a six month deal with them, then, you know, you're probably in there with them pretty well in terms of being able to just speak freely. <laughs> so because of that, um, just, just hit them up and be like, Hey, you know, I just wanted to ask you this, you know, we have, you know, these other things that we do offer in the product tagging, um, just in the, you know, in your videos, would you prefer that we didn't put those in there? Like, that's it. And they'll say like, yeah, you know, we prefer that you don't. Um, or they'll say like, we don't care. You know, as long as people get into the video, they enjoy the video that, you know, that features us, like we don't care, you know, what's available, but if it is a direct competitor, then there's probably a good chance that, you know, just ethically that you probably wouldn't want to do that anyway. But if you are kind of on the fence, then I would definitely just, you know, shoot them an email and just, you know, get it straight from the horse's mouth. So you can figure out, you know, what is important to them and kind of, you know, how they stand on that sort of thing. Cause some people are really cool about it. Um, other people actually encourage it. Like some companies will be like, Hey, look, we don't want you to stop anything you're doing. We just want you to kind of throw us into the mix. Um, and then other people are like, yeah, we, we, we would love it if you would block here and add this to your blocked words list and do this and don't make any videos about that and try not to collaborate with anybody that does this and yeah i mean like it, and, and you know some people are like really restrictive like that try to avoid working with those people just because it creates more headache than it's worth but um most people are just cool and they're like hey just don't you know just don't promote competitors but outside of that you know you can do pretty much whatever you want cottonwood ranch welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get the chance um, that you go to NimminVIP.com. That is our members only Facebook group. If you can do that before the stream is over today, then um, I will get you in there as soon as the stream is uh, complete today.
Make sure you fill out all the questions on the way in, because um, if those questions aren't filled out, I just automatically delete it. So just make sure you fill out all the information on the way in, and that helps me verify that you're a member before I let people uh, before I let people in there, because it's a members only group. Uh, Dan Mundos, thank you for the super chat. Says I love writing and I want to make content to help others with their writing, but I really don't have much free time. Should I try making shorts and focus on content quality instead of video production? Yeah, that's what I would do. Like if, if you don't have a lot of time and the only available time that you have is to make short form content, then I would do that. But one thing that I would consider, um, and this may or may not be within what, you know, the approach that you're wanting to take, but if you have a limited amount of time, but you wanna try to maximize the reach that you have um, is, depending on how much time you have. If you're like really tight for time, then don't do this because you wanna make sure that you're focusing on like something to get it going. But if you do have the time, I would start thinking of, okay, I'm going to make a video and I'm going to, within that video, it's gonna be vertical so that I can put it in a YouTube short. But within that, I'm also going to make a little bit of a longer version of it, um, but I'm gonna make sure that I have 60 seconds or under, and I'm gonna plan this ahead of time. I'm gonna make sure I have 60 seconds or under that I can make sure that I upload to YouTube shorts. For the ones that are a little bit longer or that are 60 seconds, um, take those and upload them to TikTok and Instagram Reels, again, as long as you have time. But the reason that I am suggesting this is because if you're just getting started, you might find that YouTube Shorts, you might do awesome there and you might not do great on TikTok and Reels. Or you might find that you do awesome on YouTube Shorts and you do awesome in TikTok, but you suck at Instagram Reels. You might find out that TikTok is your path to the holy land and Instagram reels and YouTube shorts doesn't really work out for you. Um, same with like Facebook reels and stuff. So, so what I would do in that case is I would just make vertical content. So, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, fast if you do like 60 seconds or less. And then I would make sure that you make that content like on your phone or your computer and that you fully finish everything. And then you publish it to the, um, all of the platforms that you're able to just because with that, um, in your particular case, if it's 60 second content, then you can duplicate titles, you can duplicate descriptions, all that stuff, not a big deal, you have the content. So then what you can do is you can store that stuff on your phone and then you know you can you can upload to the other platforms like while you're using the bathroom or something. Nobody's gonna know. I'm not gonna tell anybody. Don't worry, I won't tell anybody. But like uh, you know, like while you're using the bathroom, you can upload to you know like to, to TikTok or whatever. Even though you upload to YouTube from your phone, but you can start storing that stuff on your phone, just uploading when you have time to those other places um, as well. But the idea is since you're already gonna be making the vertical content, it's already gonna be 60 seconds or less. Um, then in that case, you'll be able to put it everywhere if you want to and give yourself the best possible reach. Keep in mind comes with a lot more work because you're going to be answering comments everywhere, stuff like that. However, um, if you're like, hey, I just have time to focus on one and that's perfectly okay, right? It's perfectly okay. Then in that case, if you did want to do YouTube or you don't want to do TikTok or whatever it is that you want to do, um, just make sure that you just, you know, make the best content you can, content you can that is short form for whatever platform it is that you're going to go after. Doug Houston, thank you, my man, says just to flex, 52 months. <laughs> Love it. So uh, next up on the list, hey, Ernie, what's up, man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Welcome to the uh, stream. So next up, we've got, uh, let's see here. We did the KMH family already. Magic Prepper. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome 
to the Nimenati. Welcome to the Nimenati. Make sure, same with you, um, go to uh, nimenvip.com. That will redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. Fill out all the questions on the way in. Just as a heads up, um, for anybody that's a channel member that hasn't gotten to the Facebook group yet, um, some people are just weird about like, hey, I don't want to go into that, you know, on my personal profile or whatever. And I totally understand. Just so you know, I have the group set up to where you can join as a page. So if you are, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, kind of have that layer of, you know, identity protection, and that's why you're not joining the group, just as a heads up, just start a, a page first and then just join as that page, you know, but just name it the same as your channel and all that stuff. And let me know it, you know, when you're filling out the information, you know, coming into the group. Um, for those of you that, you know, that that is a thing. But for anybody, else just make sure that if you are a channel member that you go to nimmonvip.com fill out the stuff on the way in that lets me be able to confirm that you're a member before i uh before i let you in there all right so uh next up on the list we got pipe cleaner crafts says it's diy channel full-time income is the goal the question is dear nick does the length of shorts matter my longer shorts oh i'm gonna try to say this in like i wish i had some like reverb that i could hit um on here just to kind of do this in a better way i should turn off all the lights and have just like a moment of reflection, right? Like I'm sitting here having this conversation. Dear Nick, does the length of shorts matter? My longer shorts usually have less than 100% retention, while shorter shorts can get 200% retention. What should my what should be my ultimate goal? More seconds per view, just as in the long format videos. <laughs> so uh, that was like my reflection thing. The dear Nick is what got me there. So um, when it comes to longer shorts or shorter shorts, um, just keep in mind that you know if people are like looping them, that's definitely a plus. But just like the long form content, everything is based on satisfaction. So if they do notice, like, hey, people are watching this, they're engaging with it, you know, all that stuff that they use to see it as a successful piece of content um, or a satisfactory piece of content, that they'll you know continue to show it to people but you know when you do make it longer you do kind of work against that a little bit um but you know if you need to have it 60 seconds in order to deliver the information that you need to deliver that's perfectly okay um to show whatever it is that you need to show and you know, like that kind of stuff then it's perfectly fine but i would definitely just kind of mix it up a little bit have some that are a little bit shorter some that are a little bit longer just kind of let them be as they are because the win is when you do have the ones that pop for the people that do click into your name from those, they can just hop from short to short to short to short. So then by creating the different options for, for yourself, you know, hey, here's some short ones, here's some long ones, whichever ones do pop, then it still creates that doorway back into you. And then if they hit your channel name, they'll go to your shorts page, because that just, it'll happen automatically if they're on their phone. And then they'll just get stuck in that, you know, feed of just your shorts only. Um, and then of course they can explore more into the longer content um, there as well. Oh, you prefer it shorter, but the viral shorts are actually longer. Okay, yeah, in that case, I would still mix it up. Um, but if you're if the ones that have done the best are longer, then that might be an uh, uh, an example of you know th the viewers are enjoying the longer ones more, or maybe they're getting more out of the short ones, or I'm sorry, the long ones compared to the short ones in that case. Um, and then in that case, you might wanna you know do more of those, but I would still do some short ones though, just for the sake of you know just throwing those out there into the ether as well, if you have content around it, if you need to get a short out that day or whatever. Um, but when it comes to the seconds per view and you know all of that stuff, just like everything else, it all comes down to satisfaction with YouTube. If they deem it as a satisfactory experience compared to everything that's going on in the platform at that moment in time, then they're gonna keep showing it to people. If it falls low of that mark, then of course it will limit the, um, the reach that that short's getting. So uh, let's see here, next up on our list here, we've got, we got another channel member here. So Lambo Drive Zambo, 
Welcome to the Nimenati. Welcome to the Nimenati with you as well. Make sure you go to Nimen VIP when you get the chance. That's um, going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Uh, once you get there, fill out all the information on the way in because that's going to verify um, that you well, it helps me verify that you're a member um, before I, you know, hit the hit the approve button to uh, to get you into the group. So welcome aboard. So um, Top Cat Super Talent Show says, hello, I have an online talent show mobile app for undiscovered artists. I've been gone for a year. How should I come back? Premiere, thank you. Um, just give content. So come back with the content that people come to your channel for in the first place. You don't need to make a big production about it. You don't need to make like a big deal about it. Just, just come back in with content. If you wanna mention just really quick somewhere in the video, like, like uh, you know, hey, if you've missed me, let me know in the comments or you know, something like that, something kind of fun in that case go ahead and do it. But I would just focus on like, hey, what do they come to me for? And and what videos do I need to start publishing now based on any, you know, activity that's still happening on the channel and any content that people are still enjoying? What should I what should I start publishing on my channel um, that will that will give value to them? Like I would focus on that um, over like making like a, you know, a, a, making it a premiere or making it a, a, like an explanation video or anything like that. Just give them the content, publish it like you normally would. Um, if you want to do a premiere, that's fine. But I would just I would just publish it like you normally do um, your content and just let it go out just like it normally would little mobcraft welcome to the stream premium wrestling is our next question here resin dragon studios what's going on hope you're doing great says uh they do have a wrestling channel the goal of the channel is to get wrestling content out to new people question recently i went from 26 subscribers to 55 subscribers my success has led to 24,000 views but i still only have 55 subs how do i make my viewers turn into subscribers so there's a few different things or a few different factors that come into play um, when it comes to people subscribing to your youtube channel one they got to see value in what it is that they're doing two they got to see enough value that they want more of it um three they have to for the people that are like really into it and they're really protective of the channels they subscribe to um they will go and explore your channel page and they'll look at the history of your channel and see like okay are they putting out a lot of content does it look like you know one are they still uploading on a regular basis like in terms of should i subscribe for that but they'll see like hey you know have they been relatively you know consistent can i depend on them um for content kind of um but you know people will you know make decisions on those sorts of things but one thing that can be helpful is actually inviting people to subscribe in your videos but it all will come down to the you know to them seeing the value but that little nudge especially if you're making really good content can be really helpful and it can go a long way so any of the videos on my youtube channel that i ask people to subscribe those always generate more subscribers um so when you are you know putting out content it you know asking is important but before you do that like you have a video that's been successful here. You got 24,000 views on it, so that's good. Um, but for anybody that is considering what I just said in terms of asking people to subscribe in your videos, make sure that first you focus on learning how to make content that people enjoy and that you're focused on the viewer experience and creating a good experience for them once they actually start experiencing your videos. Make sure you focus on that first. And then once you get good at that and, and you start getting you know a nice amount of consistent views that you're happy with, then in that case, that's where you start experimenting with like, hey, maybe while I'm taking this quick transition from this to this, then I'm just going to have a quick thing where I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, I put out content like this every Tuesday. So if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe. But anyway, blah, 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 right? So, um, so because of that, make sure that first, you focus on the side of things of like learning how to add value to the viewers and make a great experience for them. Once you get that down and you start getting consistent views, that's where you start experimenting with like, how can I increase my subscriber conversion and stuff like that. But for right now, you're just getting started. You got 55 subscribers, you got 24,000 views. So like keep 
focusing on the views and keep focusing on like, okay, how can I, how can I follow up this video that I just published that people really responded to? What can I make next? That would be a great compliment to this video that people would come back in for it. And in addition to that, analyze the heck out of that video and try to come up with your own ideas on why you think based on your understanding of, you know, the space that you're making content around because you're a fan too. That's why you're making those videos. So start thinking to yourself, like, why do I think people clicked on this one more? Why do I think they enjoyed this one for a longer period of time? Why do I think they made it to the end of this video? Why do I think they left when they did those types of things? And then start experimenting against those ideas that you're having with new content that you're publishing. L Little Mobcraft says, don't give up YouTubers. You can do it. Absolutely. Next up on our list here, we've got Mountain Finance. Mountain Finance says they do financial education content. The goal of the channel is to promote financial education and build a community of like-minded investors. Question, having recently reached monetization, what is the best way to grow your YouTube channel members? Um, by providing some type of value that they don't get in your regular content. That can be additional uploads to your YouTube channel if you choose to do that. That can be um, tips in your case, in your community feed that you isolate down to members only. Um, that can be like in my case, I have a members only Facebook group where we have like our own little community over there. Um, and then the bonus of being over there is that people can like tag me if they have something specific that they want me to answer. And then I can come in and, you know, just give, you know, my, you know, thoughts or experience on that, um, just to kind of help, you know, make sure that everybody stays on track that way. Um, but you can offer, you know, those sorts of things, but basically anything that would just give them more than what it is that they typically get on your YouTube channel. Other things that you can do for, um, in your case, because you are doing like financial stuff, um, is if you are like, you know, teaching people about investing, then one of the things that you could have is you could have like a scheduled live stream that you do either like in your, um, like on your YouTube channel or in a Facebook group or a Discord or something like that, um, to where your channel members only are the only ones that can participate in it. You can also do another thing to where um, if you do live stream on your channel to where only members can talk, um, to where you can lock everything down to where it's either only subscribers or only members can talk, um, which is pretty cool. So you can do like those types of things as well. But you know, you have a, a nice handful of options, but I would just start exploring different ideas of different types of value that you can offer that you don't currently offer in your YouTube channel or that you could go deeper into, um, um, you know, that you can't do on your YouTube channel. Mimota, what's going on? Saying shorts videos are the way to grow faster. For those, you know, for, for everybody that just is focused on views and subscribers, absolutely, or just subscribers, or just views, right? Um, so your poop scooping business is our, uh, is our next one here. This is from Poop Scoop for Noobs. Um, the question is, thank you for everything, Nick. It's that time of the year where Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up. What is the best camera for recording videos for YouTube along with 4K live streaming? Is 4K necessary to live stream? Is buying a lens also important? Or can I get away with only buying a camera body? If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Really good question. So when it comes to um, a camera, it really is going to come down to, I'm not sure why I have that Nimmin VIP on here still. Uh, my apologies. Um, when it comes to the uh, 4K camera, um, I would get 4K just so you can future-proof yourself. Um, depending on the streaming 
software that you're using, you can stream in 4K, but you definitely need a hefty internet for it, but you can do it. Um, but if you can't do it right now, based on either your internet connection or the streaming service you're using or your bandwidth, whatever, then in that case, um, just getting it, you're still going to prepare yourself for the future. Um, it kind of future proofs you a little bit. Um, now, in terms of the best one, that's gonna be dependent on like what's going on. So like in your case, since you are like out in the world doing stuff, you might want to consider something that um, that is more appropriate to that. Um, I have a friend here in Thailand. Um, he does travel content. He's actually been to every single province in Thailand on his YouTube channel. Um, he's doing awesome. Um, big props to him. He, he stopped in here, I think, a couple um, streams ago. Or maybe it was a news one or something. But um, awesome YouTube channel. But anyway, um, he uses um, – it's a new Sony one. It's not this one. It's, it's the uh, – it's like a Z – CV E1 or something like that, I think. It, basically, it's like this camera, but it has a detachable lens on it. Um, I would get, and by this camera, I mean this one, the one, the one that I'm using right there. Um, but with that, I don't recommend this particular one. It's a good camera. This is the ZV1. This is a really good camera, but I recommend, oh, there, somebody mentioned it right here on the road with Lisa, ZV E10. That's what it is, um, the E10. So the reason, thank you, everybody. Okay, now we got a lot of those coming in. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so the ZV-E10, the cool thing about that one is that you can change the lenses. So creatively, it really opens you up. So if you need to get like some type of cool telephoto shot, you can. If you need to get like micro shot, macro shot, you can. Um, if you need to, you know, change it from one lens while you're out on the job to another lens when you're in your place, just based on the amount of space that you have to work with, you can do that. But it really opens you up a lot. Um, so I, I would recommend getting that to start um, just because you know you are out in the world and all of that another thing that i would do um, if possible is i don't know exactly what it is that you're doing with your content but if you are taking it out into the world with you you might also consider um, just grabbing like a gopro one of the new gopros or something like that and take that with you also just you can kind of vlog on the road and all that because the stabilization all that stuff is just fantastic in those or i'm not gonna lie the, these iPhone 14 cameras are ridiculous. This cinematic mode is like my, like I, I upgraded this cause I'm not somebody that up, upgrades phones all the time. I think it's just a ridiculous thing to do. Um, but I upgraded to this because of the camera cause I got my girlfriend a 13 and I was blown away by the camera difference from the 11 to, to that one. So I held out, I didn't get the 13. I still waited another year <laughs> and I got the, uh, I got the 14, <clears throat> excuse me, I got the 14 and uh for the camera and i absolutely love the camera on this thing it's incredible um so you know another option for you is to just get one of these you might even have one already get one of these and then get like the rode wireless go kit because this has like a little lavalier mic that you can attach to it or if you don't get that give me uh one second here i'll go wide so you can just kind of see me walk away here for a second uh, we'll just go here. Yeah, get that one or this one, this microphone right here, it is a Rode, um, what is the name of this one? Like an NTG, uh, there it is. Yeah, Rode VideoMic NTG. Um, this thing is awesome also. So the cool thing about this one is this combined with this 
Uh, it's over there with like this little like cheap interface thing. You can even use this on your computer, which is pretty cool. You might be able to plug it in without that interface. I'm not sure, but um, this is a really versatile mic. But in your case, depending on the specific setup, um, like with your phone, this might be the best bet for you, but then you would have like a little thing you have to wear under your clothes and all that, where with this, you would have to connect it to your phone in some way, which, you know, from a workflow perspective might be just like a little bit kind of in the way or inconvenient. Um, but you know, that's just, that's another option for you. So I would definitely just kind of consider all of those and just think which is the best one for your use case and how you, you know, um, how you, you know, plan to, you know, the type of content that you plan to put together. So Chantel says that it, it does plug directly into the laptop. Okay, yeah, sweet. So it does work as a mic input and a USB mic. Okay, yeah, so fantastic. So like in this case, then by getting one of these, it would open you up to being able to use it on your phone, being able to use it on your camera. If you, you know, do get that, um, uh, the, the Sony camera we were talking about and um, you could also use it if you decide to live stream and like answer questions from your community and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the DJI wireless mic, that's another one. You know, that's a, that's another one that's uh, mentioned here as well. Jason uh, Lovarius mentions the uh, DJI uh, wireless mic. The difference is um, when you get the DJI one, cause I don't have that one. Um, but with this one, you can see it has like this bag and everything's kind of like all messy and you have to kind of cram everything in there. And actually everything doesn't even fit if you put some of the accessories in there. Whereas the DJI one, with that, when it comes in this like nice clean box and then just like everything just fits in there like nice and perfect. So, um, you know, definitely something to consider if you are going down the down the path of, you know, trying to figure out like a good wireless microphone. Um, there's, you know, that's a whole other layer of, you know, like, what should I do <laughs> when it comes to uh, when it comes to that? Like one fun thing about being a content creator is like getting, you know, all the different like tech stuff and all that stuff that you think is going to help you with your content. But uh, D and I talk all the time about like all the stuff just over the years that we've gotten to where we're like, oh, this is perfect. This is going to be exactly what I need. And then it ends up like shit sitting on a uh, sitting on a uh, on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But OK, so um, Spencer Gamer says, uh, thank you for super, super chat. chat. Spencer says, so I'm having trouble finding banner picture that's uh, 20 by 48 by 1152. Does the size even exist? Also hit 796 subscribers for fighting games and streams. Congratulations to you on the 796. On your way to 1000, if you can get 790, 796 people on board, then you can get 700,096 on, on board. So congratulations to you for that because you have proof of concept now. Um, when it comes to the banner picture, what you want to do, um, I'm not sure if you're making it in like Photoshop or Canva or what it is that you're doing, but um, just as a heads up, um, that if you look for YouTube channel banner templates on Google, you're going to see a bunch of different options popping up for you, but there's like Photoshop files that you can download that will already have like safe zones in there and things like that. Google actually provides these. Um, so if you look for uh, YouTube channel banner PSD, I think might be the thing that you need to look for. You're gonna see a Google help page thing come up and then you'll actually have a link there directly from Google for that. Or you'll have some designer that's also made, you know, a similar type of template. But how that works, is you'll see that they will have, when you turn on the guides for it, you'll see that they have it isolated to where like, this is what people see on mobile. This is what people will see on a TV. Um, this is what people see on desktop computers and all that. So it's a really great guide to actually put it all together. 
But same thing, like if you go to um, like canva.com, they've also got where you can create like banner templates over there and stuff like that. But I don't know if they also have like the safe zones and, you know, things like that over there. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, right here. Uh, Brandon Bautista says that Canva has a great channel banner, uh, great channel banner template. So you can, uh, you know, you can definitely use that to, uh, to kind of level that whole thing uh, up a bit. Thanks for that uh, confirmation there, Brandon. I appreciate it. So hold on really quick. We got B Clark right here says they're about to post their first video. Let the adventure begin. So B Clark. So I just want to tell you just a few things. First off, high five and fist bump to you for getting started on your YouTube channel. Second, just embrace the journey, embrace the process. There's a ton of stuff to learn, a lot of skills, all that stuff. Your first video might be a banger and it might go through the roof. Um, or you might start off really slow. Either way it goes, just keep in mind that this whole thing is a process. And if it doesn't go as good as you might want it to go at first, it's not a big deal. It's a, it's just part of the process. So just keep learning, keep publishing, keep learning and keep start figuring, keep trying to figure out the things that the people that you're trying to reach are really interested in and the things that they're not and just lean into the stuff that they're interested in more. But congratulations to you for publishing your first uh, YouTube video and embarking on this journey. I hope you do awesome here. Keep in mind, the only people that fail are the people that quit, right? So you have, um, you know, sorry, you have the people that, that fail, that quit, but then you also have the people that are not willing to change, the people that are not willing to evolve, and the people that are not willing to learn what they need to learn or experiment with things. And they end up just kind of sticking themselves in this little box that just makes them just kind of stagnate and not like go anywhere. So just make sure that you are willing to like, okay, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to try different things. I'm going to try different like formats. I'm going to try doing like all of this stuff. I'm still going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to try like a bunch of different things and trying to learn how YouTube works and try to learn as much as I can about making good videos. And here's, here's the thing I'm going to tell you. You're going to see all kinds of videos on YouTube. I'll even publish them from time to time. I actually don't know if I have any videos on my channel with the word secret in the, in the actual title, but you're gonna see a lot of people trying to get you to click on videos on YouTube promising that there's some like secret, right? But here's the, here's the secret that I'm gonna tell you. So when it comes to YouTube, there are no secrets, right? Everything is publicly available. Everything that you need is publicly available. Some of it is a lot more easy to find or a lot more easy to see than other things. However, everything that you need is publicly available. There are no secrets. Everything on YouTube comes down to your ability to get people to click on the content that you make, right? And you do that by the imagery that you're using, by the topics that you're making, because you have to make videos about things people care about um, in order for people to click on them, right? Because you're making content for others. It's not just about you and the things that you wanna make. I mean, that's part of it, but just remember that you're making content for other people, right? So you have to make it in a way that they enjoy also. Um, but just keep in mind um, that you have to get people to click on what it is that you're doing. So you have to learn how to come up with good video ideas that people care about. You have to learn how to make thumbnails that will help them identify the content or compel them to click just by itself. You also have to learn how to write really good titles, okay? And by really good titles, I don't mean just all hype. What I mean is you have to learn how to write titles that resonate with the people that you're trying to reach. So the best way to do this, and the best way to learn how to do this is open up your YouTube homepage and look at all of the content that YouTube is presenting to you that has a lot of views on it. So when you look at that content, it's either from channels with experience that have learned what gets people to respond, or it's new channels that are already figuring it out and they're already having good success on their videos as well, right? So the ones with view counts on them. So 
because of that, make sure that you are not only just watching videos like mine, like I'll, you know, my content will help you a ton. Um, so will other channels like mine because we all have different approaches to it. It all comes down to the thing that I'm telling you right now, but we all have different, you know, angles that we try to explain it and stuff like that. Um, but but um, the, the thing that you need to make sure that you're doing is studying YouTube itself. So what you wanna do is you wanna study channels that are successful around the type of content that you make. Take notes on, like watch every video in your space while you're getting started um, and take notes on all of the different things they did, that they do. How often are they cutting their videos? Where are they zooming in? Where are they zooming out? Are they at all zooming in and zooming out? Are they editing at all? Is their editing really intense? Do they have a lot of stuff kind of popping all over the place? What is their presentation like? What are they focusing the viewers on? How do they start their videos? How do they end their videos? Do they reset the viewer at any point, you know, during the video? Is there anything that they're doing to kind of distract the viewer in the video and then kind of bring them back into it? Those types of things. But if you study the other people in your niche to figure out like what currently works, then that gives you a huge subset of information or a huge set of information that you can start stacking on top of to make everything like uniquely yours and to start kind of walking down your own path once you figure out what works. Okay. So in addition to watching, you know, my type of content. And again, like this could be the only piece of my content that you ever watch and that's okay, but just make sure that you are focused on like analyzing all of the content that YouTube is recommending to you because they're recommending it to you because they think it's going to be a good fit for you. And because other people are also enjoying that content, which means that people are, you know, like it's working, like they're doing the right thing. Um, but in addition to that, make sure that you're also just studying the other people in your space that are doing well and study people outside of your space for more fresh ideas as well. So like when you're just getting started with all this, you're going to have a ton of ideas anyway, but also just start looking because you'll find little details. You'll be like, oh, wow, I really like this graphic that they pop up that kind of reminds them to do this. Or wow, I really love how they ended this video. So instead of doing this, they actually did this instead. That's really cool. It makes it really smooth. So make sure that you don't just stuff yourself into a box um, on like, hey, it's only about my space. Like make sure you look outside of that as well, because that can also help bring help you bring something fresh. And another thing that I'm going to tell you as part of of that is it's really easy to just follow what everybody else is doing. But what you want to do is you want to pay attention to what's working, but you want to try to find a way to offer something unique or offer, even if it's offering the same thing, you want to figure out a way to offer it in a different way to the people that are into the types of, you know, things that you're going to be making content about. So with all of that, Again, just focus everything on the viewer experience, focus everything on just having uh, on the viewer that's interacting with your content from the moment they see it on a homepage all the way through to the point where they get to the very end of your video and then they click on another video and watch another one. Focus on making that entire experience crystal clear and awesome for your viewers. And if you just focus on that process over and over again with every video you publish, how can I make that process better? How can I get them to click more? How can I make this more compelling? How can I make them watch a little bit longer in the video? How can I start my video a little bit better? How can I keep them watching an extra minute? If you just focus on that for your entire YouTube career, you'll do awesome. But if you're like, hey, I don't wanna do that. I just kinda wanna do this and then, like it might work, but success leaves clues. So, you know, it's, it's usually a faster path to just kind of follow those clues, right? So uh, just stay on it, stay on the grind <laughs> and, uh, and don't get caught up. You're gonna see a ton of new YouTubers trying to tell new YouTubers like on Reddit and stuff, trying to tell new YouTubers what they should be doing. But a lot of new YouTubers that you're gonna get advice from, a lot of them also don't know what they're doing either. They're just kind of taking bits and pieces of stuff that they've seen elsewhere and they try to put it together. So what you wanna do is you just want to study YouTube, right? Study YouTube in terms of 
go to the trending page, go look at your homepage, go all the different trending sections, start studying all the different genres and things like that. When you do, you're gonna get tons of insight and tons of information on the things that work um, on YouTube because it it's all like, even though there's tons of different genres, tons of different, you know, types of content that people put out, there are some core fundamental things that work for almost everybody. So those are the things that you wanna make sure that you're looking out for. So on that note, if you are somebody like that, that just, you know, starting out here on YouTube and, you know, you've been hanging out in this live stream and some of this information has been, you know, kind of like, hey, I don't know, you know, what some of this stuff means or it sounds like a lot of information or like, hey, I got it. You know, for those of you that are like, hey, I got it. High five and fist bump to you. Um, but, you know, if there's anybody that's hanging out here and you're like, hey, I don't really like, you know, I'm still kind of catching up here. Like, that's totally cool. Um, just remember to focus everything on the process of the viewer and make sure that you are learning everything that you can um, about the platform and how the platform works and how you can serve your viewers. Because the more value that you add to them, the more they're going to keep coming back, the better your channel is going to do overall, regardless of the type of content that you make. So on that note, everybody have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out again. Make sure that you check out creatormix.com. That's our music service free for content creators. Make sure you check out TubeBuddy, um, tubebuddy.com slash Nim. And I got links to it down in the description. Streamyard.com, link to that in the description as well. Uh, make sure you check out TubeSpanner. Make sure you check out TuberTools, which is my website where you can get graphics, channel banner templates, stuff like that. Um, make sure you check out all of the stuff that's down in the video description. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your weekend. And Doug just brought it to my attention that I missed a super chat. So uh, give me one second here. And as a heads up, I wanna let you know, because we got through a decent amount of questions today, but we didn't get through all of them. And during the streams, we usually don't get through all of them. But I do want to let you know um, that if you did put your question in here, it doesn't go unseen. So in some cases that might pop up in a video, other cases that might pop up in a podcast, other cases that might pop up somewhere else. Um, and in some cases, it's just in, like, I might just use it as it like, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, a few different people have said, so I need to make a video about it. But just, you know, I want you to rest assured that if your question didn't get answered, it's not that it didn't go unseen because I'll be looking at them all once the stream is complete. It's just we ran out of time because I've been sitting here for like three hours already. <laughs> so uh, so that's what's going on. Hopefully I can get it answered for you. You know, um, if you drop it in that form again next week, hopefully I can get it um, answered for you then. Um, but as of, you know, anybody didn't get it, there's answered there. Hopefully it'll, you know, we'll, we'll be able to get it answered for you somewhere. But I'm waiting here for my screen to scroll, but my Chrome is not responding. So give me one second. So I have one more super chat here um, before we before we head out here. And yeah, it's just not moving. Man, what is going on? Let me just refresh. Okay, we did the weight loss channel. Okay, we become what we want to be by consistently being what we want to become. Super chat. Neil Urban Explorer, fantastic quote. I absolutely love that. Thank you for that. And thank you for the super chat, my man. I appreciate it. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. I will see you next Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern. I will see you next Friday for the news that impacts you as a content creator. Have a awesome rest of your weekend and I will see you next time. See, I can't even end the broadcast. <laughs> there we go. I think, come on, come on, Chrome. Yeah, I gotta update everything it looks like. Okay, there we go.